You are listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that rolls in at 3 a.m. and sets the alarm and a courtesy call. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. Are you sitting down, Bloodbath Barons? Tonight, hosts, co-hosts, Andrew, you can't do that mental crawl. Good evening, guys. How's it going? Awesome. And Aaron Bondsman, Coach Crawl. Oh, come on. It, it had to happen. Fucking you Brent lost. Evans. Dude, and... we'll get into that, but it was... it was. You'll have your time. You'll have your time. You'll have your time. <laughs> and Luke, Pip and a Prayer, Charles Gideon Dirks. It's all you need to play. Just a pip and a prayer. Thomas Street Fighter, Silent Sea River, and Kruger. It was not fun. <laughs> and Bob, who always brings me a special drink at events. Welcome to the show. Great to be here, guys. Great to be here. Special guest. Special guest. So let's get into it. Bob. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah, my bartender. Up? When Mario's not around. Well, when isn't Mario around? Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell us a little bit how you got into BattleTech. Ooh, okay. Well, that goes back like, uh, oh man, I guess uh, electricity was new at that point. <laughs> uh, or was it MechWarrior Two was recently released? I don't know. Pretty similar time period. Well, let's start by your full title: winner of the second Battle Barn, Robert Bob Mahoney. I guess I guess that would work. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm here because, well, Battle Barn happened. Uh, I got back into Battletech, I guess, when I was 8, 10 years old. Uh, didn't have anyone around to play with. Met a few guys in middle school, and of course we played all the way through high school, which was right up just before they, well, just about the same time they launched Jihad, and uh, we're talking about doing Alpha Strike. Or or at least uh, Fan Pro at the time was trying to push Alpha Strike as the way to go. Uh, anyways, after high school, got into a bunch of other minis games. Baltic kind of drifted the wayside. Um, got back into it, actually, because we have a Solaris 7 ring around here. Uh, what's, what's his name? Um, Brian. 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 Mr. Ledbetter. Yep, that's right. Uh, was running that out of the Fallout Shelter Arcade. I was, I'd heard about it for years and I was like, you know what, let's go back in there. You know, I'd finally rediscovered my love of looking at mechs after I got my, one of my first 3D printers, rediscovered MechWarrior Online was still a fun game. It's like, let's try the tabletop again. You know, I have good memories. Went up there and I have learned about somebody trying to push a bunch of Alpha Strike stuff named Andrew. And that's how I got into Alpha Strike. To blame Andrew for this one. I, I did Thanks, that. Andrew. <laughs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> I know. I'm here. This is the worst case scenario you could have. <laughs> or the best. Well, remains to be seen. Oh, aren't we humble? <laughs> oh, come on! Aren't aren't Jade Falcons always the most humble people? Sorry, do you consider yourself a Jade Falcon? Not at all. <laughs> what is your faction what? coming? That's your favorite faction, Bob. I thought you were going to say Jade Falcon's your favorite faction. Ooh, that's a Ooh. Tommy, I, I thought I thought you liked being Capellan because the list you brought. <laughs> 
I think this is the first guest we've actually had that has send back cannon fodder banter. I like this. We should have this <laughs> no, more. Often. I don't think he's the first. No, I doubt I'm the first. I'll say <laughs> go listen, go listen to something from Sean or something. He he trash talks way better than I ever could. Um, eh. Eh. actually, I think about it. He was pretty polite on here. Um. No, favorite faction, like, number one, above all the rest, no other. Ooh, you're asking good questions. Bottom dollar. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, say it. Uh, the Marian Hegemony, actually. I, was, I, had a, I had a better dollar on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love them. They, they are the most, they are one of the last actually, oh, God. Uh, my friend calls them mustache-twirling villains. Steve, nice guy, but... Mustache villain doesn't quite describe it. They they drank the Kool Aid and asked for seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, what kind of yeah. unit is your favorite? Uh, most of it's well. You ask me what my favorite unit is currently in Alpha Strike. That'd be the size and hover tank because. Uh, what's See, not no, to I would have lost a dollar because I would have said, Bob likes anything that has a TMM four. <laughs> no, come on. I'd like some TMM3 stuff. The Phantoms, the Hellion B is a lot of fun. Like I have other things that are that I like. Actually, truth be told, my favorite unit in the game still to this day for aesthetics, for I for what it did in its time is still the Dragon. The original DRG 1N Dragon. Wow. I love the way it looks. It's got this almost Cadillac hood, center torso going on, huge shoulders, this massive right arm with its cannon on it. Of course, it's an AC-5, you know, but... Because <laughs> it's hey. much bigger than it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. hey it's, a, it's, a, it's a disappointment. Who are we kidding? Um, but it's, it's always had this really unique look to it. Um, and I really fell in love with it back when I got my first Battletech box, the fourth edition box set, which had that almost painted art style that they never really tried replicating. Yeah, it was in the standees. Yeah. Yeah, those that was uh, that was the first box set me and uh, Gideon cracked open too. Yeah, it was mine too. Uh, it was a I can still remember it was a returned at Barnes and Noble. It was missing like half the standees, a bunch of other junk in it. But it was on discount, so mom could buy it for young Bob then. So, ooh, what a mistake that was. Um, but no, the dragon really stood out to me. Um, honestly, the newer, the new model for the dragon, I think, does it justice. It looks great. It just irks me every time, though, that I'm building a list. I'm like, I could try to put this in. And then I look at the stats and I go, God, no, no, don't do that to yourself. Have to stop myself. No, it's no. just meant to take damage. Uh, well, it's mm, as far as I can tell, the dragon's purpose on the battlefield is pretty well defined. It's a it's a long range fire support slash cavalry units, so it can rush from place to place on a battle line and provide fire support where it needs to, but not enough for a sixty ton mech most days. Its speed is good, but no jump jets. The auto cannon seems like it'd be a good thing, but only being an AC five, it just doesn't put up, put up damage. Like it's 
much like all the other great mechs that everyone falls in love with during the Succession era, it is a machine filled with just a dozen and one design uh, compromises. Everything in it's it could be a little better, could have a bigger gun, but at what cost? I like the look of it. That's why I like it. What do they say? Speed, firepower, and armor? Pick two? Yeah, unfortunately, Dragon <laughs> picks. Uh, hey, it's kind of like a uh, less extreme charger. You know, the charge is a very moderate design. It could be faster. I think my favorite image, <clears throat> like you talked about, the the cartoonish type illustrations. Yeah, yeah. I like that dragon leaning against the snow hill after just capped like a vindicator in the head, just laying down casings off yeah. at some distant distant target. That some of those illustrations can really add flair to the lore and make a chassis really look good and fun. And, you know, if I was going to be a Drac, yeah, I'd field one. Same, same. The Dracs are probably one of my favorite, uh, if we're talking Inner Sphere, probably one of my favorite antagonists in there, in uh, the Inner Sphere, simply because, well, I mean, when your diplomatic stance for 300 years is, ah, we're the first Lords of the Star League, uh, you can start by addressing us as such, and then we can get to uh, negotiating that trade agreement. Or you can add yourself to the execution line we have yeah. on the street side. <laughs> right. And, and that kind of insane diplomatic stance. <laughs> like, no one in the world... You'd say, oh, they shouldn't last more than five years with that. And here they are 300 years later, fighting a, what is effectively a two-front war the whole time. And not just holding their own, but occasionally taking ground. At least, at the very least, you gotta respect them. Tell us about your Battle Barn experience or the list you've been running. So the Battle Barn experience and the list I was running, two different things. Both deserve deserve plenty of uh, coverage here. The Battle Barn experience, as usual, phenomenal. You guys put on a great party. Uh, he is, uh, just wanna, I just want to come out and say he is not being paid to say any of the things that he's going to say. This is all his own opinion. Oh, no. I'm it's, not, it's not because of all the prize support he obtained. Absolutely not. I would... Oh, where's the script? I, I absolutely think that Andrew did a lovely job of the... Uh, quit poking me with the gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Battle Barn, again, this year was a phenomenal time. Uh, as usual, fantastic host. I I've already forgot the gent's name. Oh, God damn. Ryan. 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 Ryan did a fantastic. Kimmel. Has, has a perfect place for us to go out there. Uh, Who just had a birthday. Happy oh, birthday, yeah. Ryan. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, great, great time out there. Lots of fun folks to meet and lots of new faces even this year, too. Um, as far as the tournament, in well, I suppose, should we? Oh, wait. We'll wait till we get to the actual tournament. Let's, let's. First describe, hey, we went to the Battle Barn this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, what we had a, what was it? 22 people in the tournament. So it was what, close to 30 of us, 28 of us. So um, obviously August means Gen Con. And uh, we previously mentioned in the episode before us, we were going to go to Gen Con on Thursday. 
but because of the vax mandates and the cards and the masks and we thought that there weren't going to be a lot of people there we were wrong um there were a lot of people there we went thursday and there was a lot of people there and there were a lot of irritated people there <laughs> a lot of irritated people there lots of angry people <clears throat> but um <clears throat> So we kind of did things a little different. We we did Thursday at Gen Con, tried to meet as many people as we could, and we'll recap all that later. But I just want to preface new listeners, because I've been watching the numbers. We have some new listeners. So I want to preface that Thursday we're at Gen Con. Uh, Friday, Saturday, we did Battle Barn, which is a, a south of Indianapolis, um, hosted by Ryan uh, Kimmel uh, in a very luxurious barn hence battle barn um and he let us play battletech there for friday and saturday so just wanted to get that preference out of the way before our new listeners so no um, that's a that's a good plan too because shoot i actually do we do we want to start the recap because I, I figure we should probably wait till we break down tournament to hear the list that won it all I I don't uh, know, man. I think there was a great <laughs> Capellan list I saw that I think deserves praise as well. Mostly because I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, Tommy. Uh, you kind of you kind of plucked that list out of my head. I have wanted to see somebody make a list with nothing but stealth armor, TSM, melee weapons, and just go with it for the longest time. I I liked I loved it. It was a great list. It looked fun. Looks like you and Ben were having probably more fun than everyone else put together by the end. I gotta say, fantastic list, man. Well, yeah, we ended up we ended up having to take shots <laughs> for every what was it? Every flag they stole. <laughs> every every time somebody picked up a flag, we had to take shots. Yeah, so. and they started bringing them to me. I'm like, great, this is gonna be awesome. No, uh, yeah, but uh, it might have been fun to play. But it lost every single match. So if, if you can't have it the fun at the bottom tables, then then you're in the wrong place. So would you That's say correct. that it yeah. needed it needed the stealth to even compete? <clears throat> it it needed uh something they call damage, and oh, I was not right. putting putting that out. So yeah, he nothing, uh, nothing replaces damage, armor, and speed. Which, like you guys said earlier, you can only have two. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so let's just deep dive into the uh into the into Gen Con Battle Barn. Let's go through day by day, I guess. Unless anyone has anything uh needs to get in before that. Bueller. I think the Bueller. best the best day to start with would be the travel day. Because we have yet to have a Gen Con travel day that doesn't that does not uh, include a a vehicle accident, unfortunately, somewhere on the highway where, where there's a vehicle actually burning, or that jumps several hills and is like on the brink of going off a cliff. Yeah, we are. Uh, I think we're five for five with that, or however many years get you guys. We, I never had vehicles uh, burning on the side of the road until you guys started coming along. So right. I mean, uh, we're, yeah. we're we're seeing that people are being helped, and there's it's it's a better scenario than it started out. But <clears throat> it's just unfortunate luck alongside the highway when brakes start flaring up, or somebody misses an entire curve on the interstate. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, 
it was a fun drive down. Uh, again, like I said, I think I think we outdid ourselves this year in packing. Um, we fit more stuff than last year in a smaller, or not a smaller space, but much more well-organized space. So kudos to us. Uh, Andrew looked like he brought the entire house. Kudos for Andrew putting all that terrain together. We're running events. It takes a lot yeah. of shit to do that. So yeah, it does. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's an eleven-hour drive for us. I don't know what I think it's ten for you, Andrew. Uh, yeah, just outside of ten hours from. So we uh, made it in. Heard the nightmare that was the Vax and Will Call line. <laughs> Woofta. So, so well, how how far did that line stretch? It went around the well, center of we, the. We got word from Andrew that the line wasn't really that bad; that it was moving pretty well, and and he was at in line. Time, with... At the time, it took thirty. We got it. It went all the way around the top top section. We went all the way to the end, and I started a timer. We were through the line in thirty minutes. I was. I was impressed that they had that down down pat, but apparently oh. the line extended a lot further when you guys showed. All up. hell must have broken loose because <laughs> when another like five thousand people showed up, people did not know which line was for which. A lot of people didn't know. Okay, uh, some people were saying you had to have your badge in order to get your vac uh, bracelet. Some people were saying you had to have your Vax bracelet to get your badge. Um, some people were in the wrong line for a good solid 20 minutes. I remember seeing uh, a guy, a couple of people ahead of us, and he goes, this is the Vax thing? I got to get a badge? And he left. And I was like, no, don't do that. And Because some Too of the late. people at the end of the official line were saying, just go, man. They're, they've abandoned all hope of... of uh, informing their security people well because when matt and i got in line upstairs tommy <laughs> didn't want to spend the ten dollars to get the will call badge so he had to go to to will call downstairs oh, and the the ten dollar mailed badge yeah, to, your, to your home yeah, home, yeah, home of address yeah, do that <clears throat> next time do that best 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 word of advice ever for gen con Spend the extra ten dollars and get the badge sent to your house. Because don't, you don't do what I do. don't do what I did. And then you don't have to stand badge. outside and wait in line to get inside. Well, what happened was is I didn't buy the ticket until late, and then when I bought it, it didn't give me the option to send it to my house. So, and there anyway. was a, there was a debacle when we had to order badges too about that, or get yeah, them well, used. It was well, all kinds of weird. Hopefully they'll figure that out this next year. But either way, so we get we get to the line, and the line has now doubled in size. It's now going down one wall and up the other wall. And there is a guy there with a sign that says, "This is the end of the line." And everyone's like, "Well, what about us?" He goes, "You can't be in a line when we're all in a line." And uh, he tried to hand the the pole off to another lady who was clearly misinformed about what was going on. So we took the opportunity of confusion. <laughs> just What's got, happening? We got and in front of the line. <laughs> we just looked at each other and stepped forward <laughs> into the line and we were the last ones. We were the last people in the official line. 
not meaning that there weren't 2,000 people behind us in it, the unofficial line. And eventually they gave up and just said, there's no controlling. Well, they, they were telling people to go away for an hour and come yeah. back. What? And and poor, those poor like, suckers you, that actually you can't, did. You can't wait in line here. What? Yeah. So you, you can't make another line behind my line. What? Like, this isn't the line that you're supposed to be in. It these, was, are not the, these are not the droids you're looking for. It was mass confusion going on. And there, there was there not was some, a lot of happy some mad, people. Some mad oh. people. <laughs> There's, there was a lot of, I want to see your manager being uh, thrown around. Let's just say that. Oh, so, we, oh we, have, we haven't gotten to Thursday morning yet. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll hold up. <laughs> so anyway, Tommy... Perfect timing Tommy is what his his uh, uh, line should be because he literally walked up right past us as we were almost to the to the thing. I just kind of stepped out, looked at him. And oh, hey, thanks him. for grabbing that stuff for us and oh. get, in, get your ass in here. Yes, we know. <laughs> he budged. We're all aware of it. But yeah, a lot of people were. Oh, well. Yeah, there, it was it was a madhouse. But everyone got everything. Everything went smoothly. Um the only people not wearing masks were the security people. <laughs> that was that was a little strange, but whatever. We'll let it go. We'll let it go. Sure. So anyway, um, yeah, got settled in. Uh, got to the hotel late. The nice thing is we were able to set up at the Battle Barn Wednesday night. So thank you, Ryan, for that. That saved a lot of time. And uh, then Thursday came. And on to Gen Con. So I don't know if it was because um, they weren't at full capacity. Um, This was my first time um, not staying within walking distance, right? We had a hotel in Martinsville closer to the Battle Barn. We drove in early. I think we were, I think we were on the floor and in front of the door um, by... 7 30 quarter eight something like that um we were there early um but we found really good part i mean we found parking two two blocks away from a door which was phenomenal i again i don't know if it was because numbers were down numbers are up or whatever but it kind of makes me think about um that trip i mean it was early. Hotel, the hotel. Well, I mean, we were there early, yeah. But I mean, a hotel for Wednesday through Sunday is twelve hundred bucks. Hotel that we stayed at was six hundred, and with a thirty dollar parking for all day, uh, that's that's some, some dollars, that's some right? So that was that was how Thursday started for us. We got in early um, Wednesday night. Um, oh, after- Giant yeah. urban mech. The giant urban mech was really cool. It was Wednesday night when Z and I and the Bovies and Mr. Hesby got our, all of our um, Vax card and everything all said and done. We went outside to go check out Mr. Irby, and it was See? extremely, extremely humid. So the urban mech was uh, Limpy. <clears throat> failed piloting skill roll and was... Uh, <laughs> attempting to stand so thursday obviously the weather pattern changed and and he was uh fully blown blown back up i was really cool that uh 
that was actually life size. Um, so the story that we got to hear from Brent later Thursday night was that urban wreck was actually supposed to be inside. So the, it was supposed to be standing over the top of the main hallway going up to Catalyst so you, that you'd have to walk through his legs to get into the booth or somewhere in or around the booth to, to, to do that. that and they, they had to, there's a rule at Gen Con apparently that you can't have something touching the floor and anchored to the ceiling. And there was some work that they had to do to get approvals and they, they got it all approved and didn't realize that there was a whole bunch of guide wires to hold the thing down. So there was a, a, a round and round about that. And apparently Gen Con came to them and said, Hey, could we put this out front? And that was, you know, <laughs> good marketing in and of itself as well. I mean, there, every, everybody saw that. So yeah, uh, that I think actually worked out better for them to have it where it was than what they originally planned. Um, what did they have yeah. also originally planned? Oh, can we say that? I don't know. We'll put a mark. You say it, and then I, we can I edit did. it out. I did. I had. Okay. I got an edit mark. <laughs> okay. Say it. What are, what are we gonna say? Well, originally um, there was supposed to be two life size mechs. There was supposed to be an urban oh, mech. That's right. <laughs> and there was supposed to be an, an atlas. atlas. And a life-size yeah. life atlas was supposed to be a Gen Con as well. With a death's head itself. Turns out the manufacturing company didn't realize that that was supposed to be done at the same time. So <laughs> Yeah, there was, there was a little bit of a communication issue that uh, they said that they could only do one at a time and the urban mech was already started, so... That's uh, why we got the urban mech. Either way, it was very so, cool. So, very cool. Uh, so there has to be the Atlas waiting to be presented sometime in the future. I don't know. I don't know if they if afterwards oh, whether they'll it. follow through with it or not. But but if you've um, ever put an urban mech next to an Atlas, <laughs> yeah, the that Atlas would dwarf double its size. It would have been Atlas huge. would have been huge, awesome, but huge, and never would have fit inside. Turquina oh. <laughs> and large. No. Yeah, Turquina wouldn't have been that big. Maybe wider. <laughs> oh, that would have been a nightmare. So that's, that's more of a jumpy castle thing. Just have the top half of a Turquina. Oh, yeah, have a ladder going up on the inside for a bouncy house Turquina. So Thursday um, morning, we're standing in front of the door, and I don't know how. Aaron got recruited to do security work, but uh, you know, obviously, there's there's uh, crowds that, that self delegation crowds that build up in front of the door, you know, waiting for the doors to open, and everybody busts their butt in to to go get the thing that they're after, and and of course, there's exhibitors and VIPs and things that are trying to get in the door, and, and they're just shoving their way through the crowd, just shoving their way. We had create we. We organized as a group, as a mob, and we created a hallway for them. We unionized. And then Aaron was appointed the loudspeaker for the for the group. I don't know and why. Tried to and tried to direct people to said uh, path or column. And before 
before Gen Con, right, the, there was previews for Bullet Train that came out. And one of the previews that, ne- it, spoiler, never made it into the movie, but Brad Pitts looks down the way and says, Karen, take a day off. And <laughs> I said, everybody, I said, I'm going to find a way to use that tomorrow. I got to use it before nine o'clock. We had some lady try and bust through us and walk over people who had purposely laid down so that oh, yeah. we couldn't get through. And she got up to where Z was laying down. Now, my daughter was there and um, she she's 13, right? She doesn't know anybody and she's not chatting away like like we were with a whole bunch of people. So she laid down, was on her phone, and lady came up and kind of gave a, a snort and a little bit of word about how Zena could just get up and move. And I said, hey, uh, Karen, take a day off and use the hallway like we, like you were instructed <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, causing everybody else have to move. Death stares, but I was so proud of myself. It was like perfect. Anyway. What? It made it really easy because all the exhibitors have blue badges, and I could spot them from a long ways away. I apologize to the one guy who was not having any of it because I was literally saying, um, exhibitors, please use the hall we have created about a thousand times that day. Because these people were just, I don't understand. how They were just, oh, there's 50 people in front of me. I'll just weave my way through it. And it was just, oh, it, it I'm was. not going to look for the clear path. I'm going to like headlong shove into these people. 90% of the exhibitors was like, oh, thanks for the heads up. And hey, they walked that's and cool. they made it right through and, and it was awesome. But it was a happy day for that. Some of them were just late to work and didn't want to listen. So I think we're about ready to link arms and just start any, any over, send anyway. them back over. There was a lot more people at Thursday Gen Con than I expected. It, it was like old Gen Con almost. It was just a ton of people. And uh, it was a good thing. I chastised Andrew for getting there early. It was a good thing we got there early because there was not a lot of Alpha Strike box sets. But before I get to that, I do need to ask one favor of the entire WolfNet radio podcast listenership out there. I know there's a lot of you. Um, we tried to do live streaming from a GoPro at Gen Con, and turns out GoPro doesn't let you do that unless you have a thousand subscribers on YouTube. We're at 719 right now, so I need uh, 281 people if they can. I don't even know what it takes to subscribe to something on YouTube. I think you just hit the button, but you hit the um, subscribe button on the channel. We don't charge any money for for being a subscriber. It's just a the thing. But uh, if you could do that, uh, if you could go to our YouTube page, the Wolfnet Radio Podcast YouTube page, and subscribe for us, then we can start doing live streaming um, anywhere we want, and we would really like to do that because there was a lot of cool stuff that we uh, did on the Facebook page. Uh, that we would have liked to had on YouTube. So that's my one favor of the month. If everyone could go and uh, subscribe to our YouTube page, and you'll be notified when we do all the cool YouTube stuff. So it's a win-win. But um, yeah, everyone was in line for the Alpha Strike box set. <laughs> Turns out, 
Hey, there was... and uh, one of our one of our own was the very first individual into the booth and was able to have his hands on the first commercial to the mob, I guess. I'm sure there's some VIPs that went through. But uh, Mr. Daniel Bovee uh, charged his way into the door and being the football player that he is, he <laughs> dodged and weaved and made it to the dip made it dodge. to the dip, duck, dive, and dodge. Yeah, he knows the five Ds. Yeah, uh, but... So yeah, I mean, we we got in uh, early, uh, not early, but I mean, we made it made it to the booth, and I think all, all of us that went, I think we all got an Alpha Strike box set. Yeah, I know we did. And, an, I know we did an unboxing. That and, was awesome. And plus one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And plus Th- one. Thanks, Coach. So uh, originally, we heard that they were limiting it to two per person, and then we found out. I think they only had two hundred there, or they had like they that. had two hundred there. And um, Wednesday night, they have the agent meeting for all the demo team people, and. One of the nice things that Catalyst does uh, Wednesday night is they allow all of the agents to make booth purchases on Wednesday night. Um, just because, depending upon hours and that kind of thing, you kind of miss out on some stuff. So, oh yeah, because they're busy um, hat, doing events and everything. Hats off to Catalyst for allowing that to happen and and getting it into the hands of the people that are promoting the game and and giving them the tools to do that. So. Um, you know, <laughs> Lauren, I got a chance to talk with Lauren Wednesday night and, uh, he, I love his sales deal. He's like, Oh, we got 200. They're going to, they'll, they'll be fine. I'm like, dude, they're going to be gone in less than an hour. And yeah, we're sure. We're, so, um, yeah, I, uh, so we all got in line right away. Got ours spent way too much money. Um, <laughs> that was one of my fondest parts that I'm standing there next to Aaron picking out a few things and he's like Matt you need this in the bag you need this in the bag that wasn't this me in the bag. Yes, that was Andrew I didn't go through with you guys I was there with my daughter oh. <laughs> anyway um, yeah. so I get halfway so anyway. I'm like I should probably put this back <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately Charles's plane was delayed oh <sighs> So he wasn't being, he wasn't able to be there with us. And he put out a mad call. And I, uh, I seventh commandoed my ass back in the line. <laughs> I, I got, I think, the third to last one. And yeah, I no, got, it, go ahead. And that's Charles. why, I, well, no, that's why I, I haven't had any part in any of this story because, uh, um, my trip to Gen <laughs> Con took, uh, he was flying 20, 24 hours yeah Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You're, you're supposed to get in wednesday night 10 o'clock yep yep and then uh instead i came in at what three o'clock on thursday yeah Ugh. um yeah. I, I do gotta tommy, give tommy and I, I came to come pick you up the real reason i wanted to get an alpha strike box set for charles as well is because his name's in it, along with the other five of us. You don't say. Why is that? Apparently, there's a special thanks to Wolfnet Radio Podcast. All five of the original members 
in both the Alpha Strike box set and the fourth edition Commander's uh, edition for Alpha Strike for the work that we've put in in Alpha Strike. So uh, I want to thank Catalyst for that. That was awesome. That was well worth the three and a half, four years we've done uh, trying to make this game better for everyone in the community. So uh, I had to get Charles a box set. It's got his name in it. Very Chikino. It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) So... And, that was a hustle muscle there. I mean, let's let's also face though too. I mean, when we're when we're in a booth, it's we add quite a bit of chaos. I mean, even going through a catalyst. I mean, if somebody sees something and somebody's in line, they're like, "Oh, can you get this for me?" Ooh, by the time you get to checkout, you've usually got a couple of things that aren't yours because somebody found something else they wanted. Iron Winds was a mess. <laughs> Iron, Iron was Wind. a problem for me. <laughs> yeah, it was a problem for me too. I spent more at Iron Winds than I did at Callist. They had a well, they had a vehicle sale. They had a vehicle sale. I kind of went, I don't have one of those. So two. Two of everything that's on sale. Another piece of advice when you go to Gen Con, bring a lot of extra cash. Don't settle for a limit. It goes fast. <laughs> because <clears throat> by they, the time you take, think you're going to take, take that limit, card. you might as they well take, just add a little bit. Well, they, take, they take credit card. I was okay. You better take the, take the bank limit off of your card. <laughs> I had to do that midday. <laughs> I had to do that. I called the bank and said, hey, can you raise? Oh, yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> Sweet. I'm swipe, back swipe, in. Swipe. I'm back in. <laughs> I'm back in, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Like, ooh, can I eat? Okay, I can eat. <laughs> but it, uh, yeah, there was it, there was a lot of chaos the first hour of Gen Con, buying, 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 and then then we're all sitting there with our giant bags, we're like, okay, now we need to dump all the stuff off. Now we need to go find a, the drop off, and and uh, so uh, I still I still think we should really look into your idea for for Gen Con. I think yes, that has we to. Do. Don't give it out. I'm not going to say anything more than that. I'm working on it. Aaron, radio edit. Radio edit. I will keep him wanting. Um, (laughs) Bob, you were there. How did your... How did your buying? No, he didn't. Go? He didn't go to Gen. I did not, unfortunately. I I was. I. I forgot to actually ask one of you guys though to do some shopping for me. Thank God I didn't though. I came out a few hundred bucks ahead. Yeah, it's 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 kind of cool when um, you start figuring out what badge you want to go to Gen Con, and you know some people just get the one day, some people get the weekend, some people get the four day pass, some people just walk in, and sometimes you find out it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> we haven't gotten to Sunday yet, <laughs> so. Uh... Oh dear. So it was it was good on Catalyst to put a cap on on the Alpha Strike box yeah. sets though, because I mean if if I I don't know about you guys, but if I had a ninja ninja shop and and walk away, I think I'd have had ten or ten or fifteen under under a shoulder. I think I don't I don't think you would have been able to look forward. I think you would have had boxes in your face as you were stacking them, carrying them out. Well, I didn't bring that. Let's be serious. If I could have, I would have done it for all of you, but... um, 
Let's just say I did bring a, a two-wheel cart along or to the trip. <laughs> I had a wagon. I brought you the had a wagon, wagon with. <laughs> That's not a joke. That was, Andrew, that was uh, handy. You had a uh, cyclone carrying everything. Uh, she chose. She chose to do that. I did not ask her to. She was um, my daughter. This was her first Gen Con. We just bless her on. heart. And we had a blast together. Um, she was the best partner in crime I've had there yet. So I didn't see her credit card come out at one time. <laughs> not once. No, she not once. <laughs> so, um, so then after all the madness, then we're we're trying to uh, we're trying to coordinate with Brent Evans, which is like trying to trap water going downhill. Yeah. To do our long delayed uh, challenge game, and we're trying to find table space, and we're trying to find this, and we're trying to. It turns out uh, I can't remember who gave us the tip, but the JW Marriott right across the road had a giant ballroom that was just tables, chairs, and open gaming. All the ballrooms on third floor were open gaming. That was awesome. That was. Really awesome. So every year, we we dumped and said this is Wolfnet area. So um, we had we set up three fifty tables and we had I think six or seven game. No, we had at least a dozen people show up right away. We had six six games going on. Yeah, Um, pickup games and. Then uh, Brent showed up with his entourage. <laughs> he and... comes in with the 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 BFM. <laughs> yeah, brought, <laughs> the... brought the BFM, and we uh, we set up our. Uh, of course, he insisted on playing classic, so we uh, acquiesced to his uh, request. And I think we were pretty much over with by the time we stepped on the table, though. But because uh, what in the booth we said, hey. Are we still going to have the challenge? He's like, oh, I got people. I got people. Hey, got hey, you, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Demo. I got friends. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. You're going to play tonight. I'm going to what? Like, well, when you're done with your shift, you're going to play. And, and you, you're going to play too. Like, what did he say? <laughs> so he started Appar- recruiting in uh, the booths. <laughs> apparently, apparently he walked he walked through the, the, the tables on the floor and pulled some people off off the tables to have to come and play so so what at the end he had a dozen demo agents come up yeah. <laughs> like oh, oh my crew like no there was i think, I don't there, think there was demo only, agents there was there oh, was just, three demo agents fun that, players that were, but great group of people it was so much fun um we got our asses handed to us but far too God, many people was, for a classic that was a like lot that. of fun a lot that of was fun. like uh what eight or ten on four I think we had six on our side or something like that. Like 12 yeah, on he six? Had nine, he, had, he had nine or ten, I think, and we had six or eight. And, and so either it was way, just fun. We had pizza. Either way, we had, we had a blast. Anyway, so I thank chose... You. Thank I you chose for the, thank you, Brent, for making that happen. That was yeah. that was a lot of fun. I mean, for everyone else. Um, I was in a linebacker, and... <laughs> In this is this is the stalemate that is classic BattleTech. There's a lot of peek out, shoot, go back behind cover. Peek out, shoot, go back behind cover. And uh, I was like, well, this party's got to get started somehow. 
So I stepped out. Classic took, coach. Took a shot. Thought I, I, I did some good damage to Aaron Cahill's uh, Thunderbolt. And everyone else shot back. <laughs> or no. One per uh, Kale shot back at me, and I, f- I freaking took just enough damage. I had to do a pilot skill roll. I was in a what a two three or a three, three three. three. I think I was in a three three. three. Whatever three four. Everyone was three four. So all I had to do was roll. A th- I think all I had to do was roll a three. I think I had a pilot you, skill of three. You had to roll a four. No, I had to roll a three. Plus one. I, I know You're that for three, some three, reason. Plus one. I know four. that. So what Either do I way. do? I you rolled failed. two. I rolled a you two. <laughs> and our whole table just laughs and laughs. And then all of a sudden, the entire ballroom of like, people all get up and start cheering. And they don't know what they're cheering for. And I'm sitting there with my head in my hand because I just fell. In 70, amongst... About 70 people just got up and started clapping, <laughs> laughing at you. <laughs> so I took a bow naturally for me falling on my face in front of literally their entire force that had a line of sh- uh, uh, line of sight on me for the next round. And uh, yeah, so I think I got up, tried to make a stand, and uh, literally every single one of the mechs on the opponent's side shot at me, did damage, but it was... It was the the cat the one that started it, Aaron Cahill's Thunderbolt that finally took a medium laser to take me down. <laughs> Three engine hits. Boom! There we go. What but. no Zelbergen rules. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there was no there was no bars held. They were out for blood. <laughs> and while I'm on my face laughing and everyone's giving me a hard time. Brent Evans for some reason is untying his shoe. I noticed this. I see this. <laughs> With my own eyes. And then I didn't make anything out of it. And then I look back and he's got no shoelaces in one of his shoes. I'm like, what is this guy doing? It doesn't even enter into my thought process that when I finally get killed, he calls me over and wraps his shoelace around my wrist. <laughs> and I became, I became his bondsman. So bondsman. Uh, I am his bondsman for a year. I don't know what... Uh, the uh, entitlements or, or punishments I have to endure for this year, but I'm sure he'll think of a couple. Um, He's pretty tall for an aerospace pilot. He is He is quite tall for an aerospace <laughs> pilot. I, I will give him that. What he was doing in a Wolfen, I don't know. But So we also, um, <laughs> Brent had put out the challenge, too, of swaying some... Um, mutiny in the in the works with hey anybody who's on the side of 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 aaron crawls i'll give you catalyst uh swag to turn on him and kill him they started putting down what dice he put bounties on a whole bunch of stuff and and we in turn started challenging coins and dice and patches to go back the other way to brent that was fun. It was a good time. That what really awesome. pisses me off is they're rolling Wolfnet dice better than I have ever rolled my Wolfnet dice. So you've used all your luck. I've, I've used it all. I don't think I've ever. Had I gave it. I gave those to him at KerenskyCon, and uh, he seems to have put them to good use. You're the downfall. Anyway, had yeah. a great time. Uh, had a blast. I think everyone did. 
Um, next lots year's of, challenge. Lots though, of learning. We had not not only did we have the game going on, but we had uh, Kevin Witt stop by and um, uh, Dale, and Dale. Ida. Dale didn't. No one even knew Dale was coming. He showed up last minute, and uh, they <laughs> apparently Kevin still had Mex to paint for the Masters and Minions game. So uh, <laughs> Kevin and Dale set up and they started painting. And uh, Daniel got a chance to sit down and, and ask questions and watch them paint, which was, you know, if I wasn't playing, wasn't rolling dice, I would have been right there with him, uh, being able to have the time with those two, and watch what they're doing and being able to ask questions was really cool. And I wanted to say thank you to those two as well for taking the time to uh, mentor Daniel a little bit of time that he did. That was phenomenal. Yeah. It was a good time. Wolf, like you said, Wolfnet staked its claim in the ballroom and, and everyone was very, we had, so many people going up like, what are you guys playing? It sounds so much fun. Like we're playing classic BattleTech. We we're like, I've heard of that and this and that. So, I think we garnered a few new BattleTech fans that night, and uh, it got late, but it was a good time. It was it was a lot of fun. We called it at one thirty. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, it I was like, late. Let's let's cut this game off because it was going to go for another five and a half hours, probably. It could have gone another couple at least. You know, seeing. <clears throat> Seeing artists painting miniatures last minute reminds me of uh, when Craig Gulich had to repaint some of his minis because the last baggage, years, yeah, baggage, be- baggage threw his bag on and wrecked a whole bunch of stuff, and and he was touching up for Masters of Minions. That's you know that's the type of that's the kind of time and and work you put in last minute to make everything line up. That was neat to see that. So then Friday. Well, we get home oh. Tuesday. We get home we get home Wednesday night. Thursday night. Thursday night. And then we then we proceeded to stay up, smoke a cigar and drink until three thirty. And um, then we were up again at seven o'clock to run out to Battle Barn and proceed to reset up the tables that were already set because you decided that the hills weren't set up appropriately for some yeah. reason mind changed from 24 yeah. hours ago i got all anal so anyway friday so, <laughs> was our fight that was for like the a personal problem <laughs> i had a mario problem that day yeah <laughs> so anyway yeah. for those of you who don't know um we decided friday we were going to do a massive 1800 point value uh per side, per side alpha strike game on two four by six maps and then another four by four map and so we had um hell's horses and jade falcons fight for the hinterlands kind of going with the theme of the tomorrow rising uh 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 book and while I, while we're trying to set up cameras and we're trying to set up all this equipment and we pick teams and we d- divvied out units and we did this and and okay so there's supposed to be hell's horses jade falcons on the left table uh jade falcons hell's horses on the right table and they battle it out and there's a mountain pass and it looks cool it looks awesome kudos to all of us who put it all together and then <sighs> 
certain Mr. Brute, Mario, had to go, well, can the Hell's Horses just set up all their forces on one map? And you should have said no. And um, <laughs> I think I think the way he specified it, which was a little manipulative, Mario, is he says, do we have to evenly deploy our forces between the maps? And me and my brain is going, you know what? That'd be kind of cool if they, you know, they went two stars Off-sided. over here and three stars well, over here. You know, they, they had to. They had to with the trinaries and what with the instructions mm-hmm. that were given. They would have right. had to have been uneven. So without testing this, unfortunately, his brain went, well, we're just going to load an entire cluster here. (laughs) Superior forces. And um, ruined the whole fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) And when he means ruined it, he means ruined the ability for him to use a lot of different cameras on the streams to pick up different maps. Instead of just watching one side of the map. One side of the map. So, So... which so they the have, having all the cameras. They, they have 35 units on the table to go against 15. And after six rounds, there's still 10 Jade Falcon units on the table. I The level of disappointment in, are you kidding me? Was bloody appalling. That they're still standing when you decided to deploy everything on one side? Was... I even I even got Mario a a dice tower and it didn't help him with his ones and twos. Anyway, anyway, it just that turned into a fiasco, and then trying to figure out ways to get people back involved again and um, yeah. learn some lessons on we need to have clear deployment uh, rules so that won't happen again. And our special um, guest Bob was part of the Jade Falcons. <laughs> Yes, it was. Had a lot of fun, actually. I, what was I your experience? A... Go ahead, your experience, yeah. and what what you, what you got out of it. So, okay. So, honestly, when we were setting up, um, I kind of actually had the worry that they were going to do something like that, like master forces or put, like, a token star over on our side or something like that. Um, so I was stuck over on the left flank with what was the majority of the Falcon forces. Chris Hesby was handling the right flank with the, it was an assault star and a heavy star? No, it was just the assault star by their lonesome. I th- no. no there was one ten, more. There was, it was the assault two, and the yeah. heavy. Yeah, there was an assault and a heavy. That's right. There was assault and the heavy. And then I got the oddball star with a bunch of low skill stuff I guess to make up for points and then the battle armor and the full vehicle star was on our flank um, the only advice I had for Chris was keep jumping keep behind cover and keep distance <laughs> um, and honestly he did he and his flank did a great job of holding up the horses um but after we started doing the math we quickly started figuring out like well once once the Trick deployment was done. It was like, oh, oh, hey. how long is it going to take for us to sprint over there? <laughs> and we were not, time. These were not small maps. It took a long time. No, no. We were doing, like, I think we figured out that, unfortunately, it was going to take something like better on six turns mm-hmm. before we could walk into the mouth of the canyon leading to their table. Six turns, and I was like, "Oh, oh, 
this isn't good. Um, however, I will say this right now. I will say this right now. Kudos to the horses players. They did what I would have done given this opportunity, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, let's be honest. Denying a flank is a very good tactic. However, it is a convention game, folks. This is here to chew up six hours so we can all roll dice and blow yeah. up mechs, all right? <laughs> um, yeah. I had fun, though, in any case. Me and uh, my driving... Yeah, Steve, Steve. Uh, we actually really appreciated the fact that it was a little bit more relaxed for us. For, for I'm certain for the other flanks players, it was a very exciting game. <laughs> Perhaps overly exciting. Um, but honestly, I had a lot of fun. Uh, and I would happily do a scenario like that again. Actually, uh, while you guys were talking about Gen Con, I actually am rebuilding some of those lists for Strategic Battle Force, actually. Like I said, I was oh. going to. Very cool. Did I did I send you those lists over? Or did I give you? I gave you the. You cover gave sheet. me the cover sheets. I just rebuilt them myself yeah. and just okay. just doing it from here. Honestly, it's not. I don't know. It's a lot of bookkeeping to do this. A lot more bookkeeping than even classic, which is saying a lot. <laughs> That's a but, lot. Yeah, it is. But uh, no, I actually had a lot of fun there. Drank and smoke and ate my way through the whole day. I mean, come on. Couldn't have asked for more after what turned into a. I think for me and Steve, it was almost a 12-hour car ride the day before. It was, oh. Well, we we needed to hit up Noble Knight Games in Madison before we got down. Turned in a few books, got a few things. Hey, I got my I got my Empire Loan book at the one place it was in stock, apparently. Nice. Finally. Um, but, yeah, uh, we kind of forgot the time. And we kind of realized we hit uh, the inner ring of Chicago at about, I don't know, 4 o'clock. That added a little time. That hurts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That added a little time. Um, a little discouraging when you keep scrolling through Google Maps and you realize the red line doesn't stop. It just doesn't end. But no, we actually had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. The only thing that I remember was being talked about on Thursday that I wish we had gotten to was the BTCC, uh, the classic championship mm. circuit. Uh, there was some talk kicking around that we were going to try that out. I was kind of excited to try it out, but honestly, I think you guys put on a great scenario. Yeah, that was supposed to be Friday night, uh, and then we got a surprise Friday night. Mr. James Topa uh, came out, and we got to uh, run the final run-through on his uh, Drafted for War rules, which is a blind box um, set of rules for running a blind box game, tournament, event, what have you. Um, uh, we had uh, Mr. Witt and Senior Witt uh, decided to come out and join us, and I jumped up out of my chair so Kevin could get some gaming in, and um, I got a chance to talk with uh, Topa uh, throughout the night on running the event, and I think for those that played in that, um, from the outside looking in, it looked like everyone really enjoyed themselves. Um, I, I think everybody here, but Aaron and I played. What was your guys' experience? I uh, really enjoyed it. <clears throat> I found that um, the excitement of doing a blind box opening um, is just like the other games where 
you're excited to see what you get. And it's done in such a way where, you know, all the boxes get opened. But you have to choose the better of, you know, the, th the three. So it, it really is advantageous of everyone to pick the better. Why don't you talk, talk about how that worked? Talk about how that worked. So basically, the boxes were arranged in the center uh, between um, the two opponent players. sides. 18 players. So we had nine on each side. And all the boxes arranged in the center. And then you basically have six boxes between you and your opponent, or just your lineup. And then you open your three, and you keep one. And then you pass the others in one direction. And then the person next to you is able to open the next one, or pick the next one. That would probably be like a second choice. And they pass the third, and your third unit is a non-choice because you're basically dealt that one. And that's exciting, too, because you might get past a light, medium, heavy, or salt mac, depending on what the other people don't want. So there is still a really good chance of getting some decent units out of that, no matter what, because you get a first pick, you get a second pick, and you get dealt one. So I think that's fabulous. I don't think you're ever going to get a terrible grouping. Um, but with your the... first three boxes are crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless everybody's successive yeah. <clears throat> gives you the worst. And you choose a bad... If you choose a bad one, your first pick and you happen to have three bad ones in the beginning, yeah, that's that's, that's it's usually unlikely, but it could happen. But the, the cards, the pilot cards and the special abilities, I think were a bit much. Um, if you had Lucky and Sniper, you could win a decent assault mech. You could really run the field. Yeah. Um, and again, this was, I think he was beta testing it with us. Yep. Um, we, we ran through what, three rounds, I think. I think there was yeah. three rounds of yeah, play. Three, three, rounds. three rounds, half an hour each. Uh, you had to create an army that was 150 say, points, 150 points. Yep. Out of the, out of the mechs you chose and the cards you had. And, uh, I think, uh, there you was could, uh, you could avoid the train. Yeah. And you could avoid the, uh, the special abilities and pilots if you wanted to just change the skill level across yep. the board or however you needed to. <clears throat> and it was easiest just to check the MUL and just bump them on the MUL list. And it was cool. a half hour, a half hour tim time limit. Uh, table was 24 by 36. You had to place four pieces of terrain and um, played head to head and the scoring, scoring worked out. It was a, it took some getting used to, I think, um, but I, I liked I liked the objectives that he had. Um, uh, they ran it. He ran it at Gen Con with twelve folks, and uh, everyone had a very good time doing it. So, um, yeah, I, Charles, I will say, Tommy, yeah, 
I, 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 yeah, I'll say, um, if anybody out there is going to go do a blind, uh, box event, um, don't just walk around because the way we did is everybody just got up and walked around the table for a completely random selection. You could grab a box from anywhere. Um, and I was just like, ah, I'll just grab whatever three are left, you know, I'll let people grab whatever I'll, I'll just take what's left. Well, it turns out that there weren't enough boxes. So then I got handed boxes by someone named Andrew and, <laughs> and when, and then when, yeah. And then when Matt says, oh, it's highly unlikely you'll get like three bad draws. <laughs> Except if your name's Gideon. Yeah. 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 Did I didn't I ended up with uh two mediums and a light, so um that's tough. It, it, yeah, it was tough. Well, well, it, was, it, was bad, it was fun though. But... I, I thought we counted well enough. My bad. <laughs> no, which, no it, which two mediums and a light? Uh I had uh Nabori Nin, a Ryokin, and a Fire Falcon. And they did Ooh, just fine. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Well, well, when you're going up again, like uh, my first, and... <laughs> yeah, my, my my first game was a lot of fun. Well, and, and also, I, I think that that was the 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 hard part of the whole setup was that initial like uh, you because you could either improve skills across the board or like incorporate the pilot card with their special abilities. And trying to figure out the math to get close to 150, um, and and the draw that I had, I just happened to, it, if I wanted to include my Fire Falcon pilot, which was the best pilot I had, there was no way for me to do it. I'd end up at 151 every time. So, um, so so that that was the slow part. Once I I gave up on the idea of including uh, her abilities, uh, it it went, uh, you know, th then I was able to get to like one. 49 or something like that but um so it, it it was just tough because i couldn't include there was no there was no physical way to include uh her ability or no mathematical way to include her um so and also i think in uh in hindsight because it was a lot of just like kind of like grab whatever mech looked good um and not realizing how the pilot cards were going to be involved, which might've been on me. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but, um, uh, no, but it was a lot of fun. It was because it was a like down and dirty, just jump in there. I played, um, um, what's his name? Um, the Dane. Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah. I played him first. That was a whole lot of fun. Um, it was, uh, we had a lot of, uh, uh, city terrain for the terrain. So there was a lot of b ways to kind of, uh, hedge line of sight and stuff like that. So me and him just had a straight up brawl. Um, and then after that, then I faced a bunch of hundred tonners. So that wasn't as much fun, but, <laughs> but, but the, but that was, that's no knock on the uh, system itself. The system I think is a lot of fun as long as uh, you can keep maybe those like one or two units that come with really good pilots. Cause once people are aware, then it's like, well now it sucks kind of the fun out. Cause it's like, did I draw it? No. Well now, now I'm on hard mode. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think other than that, there's a lot of potential there. And I know that uh, 
the folks out here in Colorado are even trying to figure out how to uh, kind of do something based off that because, um, yeah, if you can find a flat of uh, salvage boxes, it's a really fun way to be able to play mechs you normally don't play, uh, use abilities you don't normally use, um, kind of the whole uh, kit and caboodle. Um, and, and yeah, I, the, the, the size of the map was a little different, uh, cause it, it's oriented the wide way, not the long way. Um, but yeah, no, it just means you got to get in there and take care of business. Yeah. So with 30 minute rounds, but it was also a lot of fun to get that many rounds in that quickly. It was like, just get in there, start rolling dice, see what happens. And then, oh, that's what happened. On to the next game. You know, it, it was a lot of fun. I can I can tell you from trying to commentate the three rounds, it was like a blitzkrieg. Like, I couldn't keep up fast enough. <laughs> I was like a hockey announcer <laughs> trying to keep everything right and going fast enough. And, and all of a sudden, we're, oh, sh- we're shooting face. Oh, oh, moving. Oh, what happened? <laughs> so, but it was a lot of fun just to watch. Um you could definitely tell like it was a fun atmosphere. Like there was the seriousness kind of went away. It was like, Oh, we're all dealt, you know, a random hand. Let's just go play three rounds. It's going to take us two hours and this is going to be great. Um, it was, I think everyone had that, uh, atmosphere behind them. Just, Hey, this is new. Let's try it. Let's have fun. Uh, the good thing was, is, is we did a question and answer afterwards. Topa, uh, took a lot of questions, a lot of a lot of uh, I wouldn't say criticisms, but what if we did it this way? And and I know he came back with a lot of notes. Um, one thing I'll jump ahead to Sunday because we ran into Topa on our last walk through a Gen Con, and just like Charles said, uh, the Colorado group is looking on how to how we can do this, and we all know that the the blind boxes are kind of productions slow down or they're hard to find i can't remember if matt if you said it or the guy that topo was with i can't remember him but he said you can get the lance packs or the star packs and and blind label them this pack is one two three and then people draw numbers and then you get that lance pack take one out of that pass to the left oh yeah that was uh There's always two or three good mechs in each lance pack. Uh, so, Andrew, who usually runs with uh, James Laughlin? Jeremy Whalen. Jer- Jeremy Whalen was. We were talking to Jeremy Whalen and Topa. Yep, that's where that comment came and from. And he mentioned we can do the same thing with lance packs or or star packs. Yeah, and you can always find you can him do, at the blood name. You can do lance versus lance or star versus star. You can change the PV, but it's still a blind draw. You're just you know you're you're seeing the four or five mechs you get at the start. So I thought that was a genius way. If, if you can't find the individual boxes, that that'd be a great way to do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. That would work too. But it's fast paced. It's fun. It's, it's rolling dice instantly. Um, I, I can't wait to do it next year. So. Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not waiting and you're not debating. You're not arguing over rules. It's yep. just, here's it already. People have already tested it. Here it's set. Just here's, go. Here's what you got. Go. And that's so, that's what we'd like to have. Like we don't want wasted time. We don't want arguing over rules. We just want rolling dice and action. 
Uh, Bob, what was what was your three? Ooh. Uh, so I had a thought when I, I I had heard of people trying to do draft. Actually, come up with an idea much myself, and I had tried to uh, tried to make something for it. It didn't work nearly as well as what Topo brought. Um, yeah, I grabbed off of looks and mechs I was comfortable with. A baboon, uh, a hellion, and a uh, crab were not good picks at, <laughs> at all for that kind of uh, for that kind of uh, uh, gameplay. Uh, pretty much all three of my opponents brought us an assault mech. Some of them brought more than that. Um, I mean, shoot, I think the one win, let's see, I'm just trying to remember. The one win I got, I don't remember who that was against. The tie I got was because I kept winning initiative against a Kodiak with my lone baboon, <laughs> hiding, constantly hiding behind the one piece of uh, line of sight blocking terrain on the table. Just like, oh, thank God, I'm not losing the initiative. So I'm sitting on the back line trying to rack up VP to avoid having to fight this monstrosity. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the baboon I took, I took it because the pilot card, and it's the... Uh... So the baboon actually has two decent pilots. One with uh, and a, a pilot that's only skill four, but you get to re-roll initiative rolls. That would have been a smart move. I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. I grabbed the pilot with, uh, in classic, four gunnery and one pilot skill roll with melee master and melee specialist. <laughs> Which turned out to be a terrible idea on a uh, two on a two. You don't want to do that against Kodiak. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, no, close. just pl playing, running, and hiding was much better. Much better. Uh, more than once, I actually got indirect fire to work, which, hey, I'll give credit where it's due. I don't get to do that too often. Um, but yeah, skill two crab was not going to hold up to anything. A skill uh, skill three hellion prime didn't even hold up. Uh, it was it's a great casual event. You just got to go into it, understanding there's a bit of a luck of the draw to it. Um, will I will I sit here and tell you that the uh, pilot special pilot abilities are balanced? Uh, no, no, because uh, I. I also have looked through the Alpha Strike rulebook and know that those aren't. Hachi, uh, how do I say that? Balanced? Little OP. No, no Little that's OP. a very simple way to put it. Yeah, just a, well, they're just a bit. Um, I guess my problem with them at the end of the day, with a lot of the special pile abilities, I love the idea behind it, right? It's it's a better idea, especially if you're doing a narrative style game, like if you're running for a group of friends, say, them running their own mercenary company. Yeah, like a campaign. A precisely, precisely. It's a much better thing to give to players than only giving them the option to uh, decrease gunnery and piloting. Because then you run into the problem of, okay, well, how far can you really go here before this turns into an issue? And the answer is not a ton. If you drop your, you drop a pilot down to a two-three in classic, that's a big deal. Now, on the other hand. If you say have a bunch of special pilot abilities, but they're all three fours, okay, well they can still be good, but great for narrative play. Fantastic, good idea for narrative. Not, not so, not, mm, not at all balanced. Not even amongst themselves was the funny part. Uh, I remember Sniper was kind of one that ru that kind of ruled the day. Uh, yeah, in the play. Yeah, there was there was a night star, there was a night star pilot with Sniper, and that thing was just deadly.
There was also lucky a thug pilot with Sniper, too, actually. Uh, that was also a problem child. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, Dying. do it again. Nope. In a Go heartbeat. Yeah. I, do I, it again. I love it. Uh, I thought Toby did a great job. And uh, yeah, An interesting format. Do it. Tommy, what three did you pull? Uh, I pulled two of them that I remember, and I have no clue. I don't, I don't remember the third one. The one I started off with, when I, when, out of the three that I had, I chose the, the Bushwhacker. And then Matt sent me a Cauldron Born. That's gracious. Uh, yeah, Cauldron Born. <laughs> What, Matt, what did you have? Oh, yeah, a dire wolf. Oh, uh, man. I'd rather take the dire wolf kinda, over the kinda have to take born. that one. Yep. Um, and then I think it was a light. So I think, so, uh, yeah, I uh, I uh, lost all of my matches. It's a, it's a go- ongoing theme this year. I lost every single Good match say. I played. You, uh... Tommy the Donut Kruger though this uh... <laughs> uh, I went oh and everything and then um but it was fun to play a game that I finally didn't write rules on so <laughs> yeah uh, yes yes or or a game that I finally played a game where I didn't uh force feed five kajillion matches against other people <laughs> so I really liked it. I I liked. Um, I've always been a big uh, fan of drafting and magic, and uh, playing uh, other other type of scenarios like cube and stuff like that. So I really like this type of deal just because it's something different and it's all about fun, right? I mean, we're here to all play. Fun. So, yep. And that capped off Friday night. And then on to the WolfNet Open 2022. We had uh, 22 players uh, for the Alpha Strike 350 tournament. Uh, We went five rounds, I believe. Yeah, five rounds. And uh, great turnout. Uh, If you guys are not a part of the Facebook page, we usually take pictures of all the the painted up armies, put them on the, the parade route is what we like to call them. Um, had some amazing. Pa- I mean, I again this year, I don't think there was one bad. Well, Mario's, but <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, don't photograph mine. I was like, you know, I'm gonna photograph yours. <laughs> and yes, I was the only one that uh, had the shameful bear medal in my list. <laughs> I, I know, I know. We do a we do a good job of uh, leading by example. Yeah, <laughs> but I wasn't even supposed to play. I wasn't even supposed to be here. <laughs> but um, three and I'll a half let... years, three and a half years, and I still don't have a three fifty painted. Oh my! You got to get on that. Well, know. you know, if you if you pass the torch for someone for being the grand marshal or the field marshal, <laughs> <clears throat> then you can play. Anybody's willing to take up and go through the work to get everything lined up? More than happy to. Are you willing to podcast? You stream? Trade ya. Trade ya. <laughs> Trade ya? Trade ya? I think uh I think for go go, I'm gonna make you I think for the go go I'm gonna make you play. That's fine. 
I think you but and last I year should, was a lot of fun. Have, oh, that's true. You did. Okay. Yeah, um, you guys both played. <laughs> but uh, I think we'll let. Uh, again, it was a great day, uh, but I think I'll let Bob go through his list now that uh, he brought. If if you're comfortable with it, Bob. Oh, my secrets. Oh, no. The ones that I already posted to the well, general discussion board. <laughs> we'll start with the winner, uh, winner's list first, and then we can go to the to the very bottom of the... the well, it, now, now this, does, this story involves a couple of us here. I don't want to take away from them. I'm serious. I actually did enjoy the games I both played against Charles and Tommy. I actually really had a lot of fun. Um, Charles brought a list in my second round that, you know, is actually an idea I'd kicked around a lot, and I was glad to see it actually play out on the table. Um, but I'll get to that when we get to that, I guess. Um, the list. The list. Uh, not a terribly complicated list. Uh, I was originally trying to kick around a list, uh, as, as I usually do, very high speed. I, I cannot stand stuff that moves slow. I can't stand stuff that doesn't go fast. Um... God, I think the slowest thing in my list was my crossbow E, which, let's go top to bottom here. The stars of the show. Uh, the main three mechs that formed the nucleus of the army, the idea, actually, for this, uh, the original inspiration was actually the Phantom H. Uh, Phantom H is a nasty mech. 30 points, 18-inch move, TMM3, 4-armor, 2-structure, 5-1-0 damage for 31, for 30 points. Kind of a nasty brute, uh, but it got me thinking. Because I'd had a discussion before with friends, like, you know, the only thing that kind of irks me about Alpha Strike is there's no real way to increase your odds to hit something outside of a handful of things. Range, decreasing your skill, or uh, if your opponent obliges to sit still. So it got me thinking, why not just load up on short range damage and we'll just see how it goes. Um, so the Phantom E and H went in the list. The Phantom E is almost a carbon copy except for it does four, zero star, zero star, 27 points. Still a nasty little brute of a mech. Weirdly enough, you'd think the, I think it was the Arc Rail Defense Cordon designed that one. Uh, Kelhounds kind of unit, I want to say. It was Clan Wolf and Exile. Weird design. Uh, but then the other one was a mech that I had taken before, the Hellion B. Oh, God bless it. It's a lovely little mech. <laughs> it lives up to the hand grenade it was born to be. Uh, fourth... <laughs> 430 damage profiled 18 inch move and overheat three. You know what it's gonna do. You know what it's designed to do. You're gonna chuck it behind a piece of cover and it's not gonna come back out, but there's only gonna be parts of the other mechs coming back out. So it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, those are the first three picks. After that, I had to do a little bit of soul searching. Um, the number one I thing I needed, I knew I needed to bring was I needed to bring something that was going to be the BS everyone knows about. Has talked about, has debated to death, the Jade Phoenix A. Which, <laughs> it, it's a massacre of mathematics is what it is. There's no reason this thing should <laughs> exist. That's Absolutely a... not. Oh, what was that, Aaron? That's a good description. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> it's a monstrosity that shouldn't be there. Uh, fif 50 points for something with 9 armor, 5 structure, and a 660 profile with, oh, gee, what's this, Bill? A 14-inch jump, jump strong 2, and a base TMM1. Oh, yeah, TMM4 mech with 14 boxes. Oh, yeah, this will be fun for literally anyone else that has to face it. No, 
It's not. It's 50 points. This thing should be in the upper 60s. This thing's ridiculous. So I grabbed that, although I kind of knew before going into this that it wasn't going to get a lot of play. I didn't up drop its skill. By the way, uh, if you're wondering, did I drop any of these things skills? No. None. Nada. Um, they're cheap. They're cheap, exactly. If you don't have any medium-range damage profile, you're not paying two points per point of medium-range damage. Then you're not going to be shooting at medium-range. <laughs> nope. Not for long, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um so beyond that it was a couple of weird a couple of oddball things a few fillers but honestly the number one thing in there my star of the show was the size of 46 points 20 inch move four armor three structure tmm4 is just a ridiculous thing to have to kill on a good day but the fact that slings back 440 in a turret is just rude there's there's nothing fair there's nothing fun about dealing with that thing other than the fact it's 46 <laughs> points like that's <laughs> It just flits around, and as I've called it before, it's I call it a gunship. You just kind of float around, you just lay fire down at people, and no one's going to be able to touch it, and that's that's what it's there to do. That's just what it's there to do. Uh, the other bits I grabbed were a crossbow E and a crossbow J. Now, those two were kind of oddball picks even for me, except for the E. The E I have taken before at other tournaments. Aaron remembers the crossbow E we had uh, the prior fall Yep. Except for that skill two, then. Child skill two. Didn't like that at all. Nope. It was only like 60-something points for something with 660. <laughs> it's cheap. Didn't it's like, like it's, it at all. It was fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> you had, I mean, I thought just paint a giant target on the thing, because that's what everyone looks at it as. Uh, exactly. But there's one thing about the crossbow, everyone, that I still love about it, is the fact it's a standard engine Omni. Six to, armor. To kill. Oh, it's a pain. Six armor five structure, TMM2. It you just it, it doesn't sound like much. Yeah, exactly. I've been preaching that for years. Yeah, it doesn't take it doesn't sound like much until you realize, okay, hang on a second here. So I'm looking at like medium range, probably nines, okay, eleven boxes. So I gotta do like forty-four damage at medium to stop this thing. That's like two full turns of everything in my list firing. What the <laughs> Yeah. It's not a, not a fun prospect. So I decided to double down, and I took a more specialized version, the Crossbow J. That thing was a weird one, and I, I kind of knew it existed. I just hadn't considered it before. Um, costs about the same. I think it's a couple points cheaper, but not by a ton. Um, honestly, that, that tournament was the only time I've ever taken it. Uh, a 440 with Overheat 3. But it's also got a 12-inch move and melee on it, which is a weird combo. Yeah, it has talons. It kicks people. Who knew? It kicks people. Of course. Of course. We're Jade Falcons. Got to have talons it, or claws and something. It punctures people. <laughs> oh, oh, well, the, the scary bit is that overheat three. Um, yeah, that's scary. That, well, it also catches people off guard. Everyone looks at the damage profile and nobody looks down at overheat. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to overheat for three. That is overheat? Yeah, three. At short range. And then you just blast someone in half. Read the card. <laughs> oh, R RTFC, man. RTFC. RTFC. It's important. It's important. <laughs> Letters for life, all right? It's particularly your pilots. Um, and last, but uh, was oh, the battle armor. Two units of standard Corona. Because they 
work. They're cheap and they work. And then uh, two squads of Sol- Solama Surat suits. Ah, the great at Solama Surat. Yeah, right. uh, it, it, the full name is just too much. And also, yeah. two insults in one title? Are you? Yeah. Th- this is a new depth of clan honor, I gotta say. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those little suckers are armed with a heavy, small laser each, and they sling out three at short, and they have mechanized. They should be bad otherwise, right? No, they still move six foot, and they still got two armor, two structure. They're fine. They also have anti-mech. Never used it, but uh, that was the... I'm just trying to think. Is there anything... Oh, no, there is one thing I'm forgetting. The one thing everybody puts on their list once they play a few wolf events. A fire moth. <laughs> fire if you can take a fire moth, take a fire moth. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm I'm sorry. It's 26 inches on the ground. It's not a VTOL. No, it can chase down most VTOLs, actually. Yeah. Horrifyingly enough. <laughs> God help that pilot's uh, chiropractic plan. But, uh, oh. you know, that's not your problem. That's his problem. And <laughs> his problem is to get behind the assault mech. Uh, fire moth H in particular. Five at short. Nothing else. Yeah. Doesn't need anything else. Twenty-five small points. lasers, baby. Heavy small lasers. I've just so fair discretion. Fair fair warning. I love the idea of heavy lasers. I, I really do. They're a fun weapon in classic. Uh, you're just rolling the dice as hard as you humanly can to see what's <laughs> going to happen. So that Hellion B shows up in classic. I think it's got a heavy small, four heavy mediums, and a heavy large. And no, it doesn't have enough heat sinks to handle it all. Evinced by the overheat three and alpha strike. Um, with 7-Eleven mask, its job is real simple. Your your range brackets are actually five hexes, three hexes, and one hex. Mm-hmm. Get close and pull the trigger. Um, and then run away. If you if you're alive. <laughs> if you're still alive. Yeah. If. Um, so that was the big list I brought. Now I discussed this, I think, in the general discussion, well, in the 350 discussion. But the original reason I built the list the way I did was with the idea of uh, actually countering one specific scenario that I feel like the Wolfnet packet has is probably the hardest list check uh, for your guys' scenarios, and that's capture the flag. If you, there's no. There's no half doing capture the flag. There's no, there's no band-aid. There's no, there's no half measure. That's as simple as that. There's just no way to basically get through capture the flag and half assets. You either have enough to actually win capture the flag or your opponent has more than you do to win capture the flag. It's that simple. However, there's a bit of a problem with that. You need, you only deploy two inches up the the flag points are three inch AOEs down the center line. Okay. So that's 21 inches up the board, 19 inches away. All right. 19 inches away within an inch and a half of the capture point hanging off in your side of the board. Okay. So realistically, you want something that moves 20 or 22 inches to get there. You got to move fast to capture it quick. Okay. I've tried doing that as everybody here has been witness to uh, a number of times. And it has worked as well as birds trying to storm a building through a pane of glass. It doesn't work too good. Um, You just run into too many problems. Exactly. 
Now imagine the whole flock coming out and after it. That's that's how that's kind of the persistence I've got. It's not a smart kind of persistence. Um, but I've started to re- but I started to realize something. The reason why I was getting mech shot off the table and why I was losing those was not because of the lack of armor structure. It was a simple lack of uh, distance. If you catch high TMM units at short range, they die. And to be fair, anything at short range in this game dies really, really fast. Atlases can die to short range with a, a couple of Centurions shooting at them. It's not pretty, but it can happen. What's So I thought, all right, well, this is easy then. I just need to have my... Sh- I needed something that moves fast enough and with a huge amount of short-range damage that can reach across the capture point and capture the flag and be within six inches of my opponent's back edge of capture the flag. If I do that, I can prevent them from doing that. And even if I don't, red deck wins, baby. I don't <laughs> care if I lose one mech and Burn do... It. Exactly. Oh, look, my four-armor, two-structure phantom with TMM3 took... How many shots to kill from your side? Oh, but he also crippled one of your heavies or mediums in one swing. Okay, that's a trade that it's I'm willing trade. to take. Oh, just like just like chess, fair trade. Every uh, no hit point matters, but the last one. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you gotta do. Don't don't let them discourage you with oh I've got better medium range damage than you. Yeah, that's gonna be useful for one turn. And then prove it to them, um, which led it led to also some unique tactics I had to do for terrain setup as well here. But um, that was the list here. I could prattle on for hours. Andrew <laughs> has evidence of this. <laughs> who, uh, uh, who was your favorite opponent of the week? Who gave you the, the, toughest, the toughest game? Well, toughest game. So... So I won four out of my five rounds. Uh, the one I lost to was against Kaji. Very smart opponent, but I would not say he was the opponent that gave me the biggest run for my money, amazingly. Uh, that was the round before, weirdly enough. And it was against a list I didn't think would be an issue, but he made me think. Uh, his name was Matt. He showed up. He, uh, gentleman. Matt, Matt, Matt Svoboda. Yes, that's it. That's it. I don't know his last name. All I know is he had the Lyran Commonwealth sticker on, uh, pin on his chest. And man, I I do love me some Steiner Steel, but good God, he brought the big blue wall and I had in Headhunters, <laughs> no less. And that oh. was a rough match for my list to handle. Uh, I did win it uh, two to one, but it was because time was called for the last round and I managed to stop him from picking up my officer on the ground while picking up his, and he did not kill the mech that was picking it up. Barely. I think it was crippled at that point for MOV. It was... That's close. It was... Oh, glee. Well, what was it? He brought a... You know, not to not to reveal too much about his list, but he brought an Iron Cheetah L, which is that god-awful... It's a god-awful clan export mech. Ten armor, five structure, TMM2. Literally, that's all you need to know. Just awful to deal with 664 or 662 damage. Uh, the Marauder 5W has improved jump jets. Ooh, ooh. I don't like that. Uh, and then last but not least, a Marauder 2. And then I think he brought a ferret and a pair of the heavy urban response teams. It was 
And I don't think he moved more than six or eight inches out of his deployment zone. He didn't need to. That wasn't his problem. It was mine. And he made it my problem the whole game. Uh, he was a tough opponent. That was the only... That was the only opponent I played against that I did not get three or more VP against. I got two versus his one. And it was brutal. So don't let anyone tell you that those mechs aren't that great. <laughs> Have you looked at that Iron Shield L? Holy cow. It's a beat stick of a mech. <clears throat> it's got flak, it's got rear, it's got case two, short and medium. Charles. Expansive. I heard your Kelhounds gave some people a uh, run for the money this weekend or that weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, uh, did definitely did a little bit of an experiment uh, on my own. Um, I call it uh, the full send list because <laughs> I just went all in on a concept and wanted to see how it would play. Um, the main piece of my, uh, well, the, I mean, the biggest thing, the the thing that really mattered in the whole list was uh, I, I ran a Fenris J, um, which uh, for anybody listening who doesn't know, it's got 20-inch move, uh, seven short, six medium, um, and I made it skill two, so it was a, uh, a uh, affordable 91 PV. Um, <laughs> 91 points. Ooh. Yeah. Did that one not die? That's the one that didn't die. That, that's, that the, was, that's the pips for days. That, that's the pip in a prayer. It um it did get the battle armor totally shot off of it, but um oh, it's just it, the meat uh, shield, right? That's why it survived. Yeah, yeah no, Those absolutely. Meat shields. Yeah, absolutely. And and I lucked out on that last one. I I because I was um uh, that was the game I played against uh Matt. Um and he he hit with a damage, and I had one pip left on the battle armor and the Fenris, and it, I mean it all came down to that roll, and he rolled um, a five or a six, so um, so the battle armor died, and the Fenris took off running and didn't look back. Um, no, but the the rest of the list is all uh, TM TMM three or four, all skill three. Um, other than battle armor, I got a couple of Rottweilers, a couple uh, Kukulins. Um, and, uh, gray death infiltrator. Um, but I mean, the, the, the whole thing was really, if I take high TMM and which costs, and then I up the skill, which costs even more, does it balance out? Um, and, and yeah, I think it does. It totally does. Um, in the matches that require fighting. Um, so uh, stand up fight was the first round I won. Um, second round I played Bob in King of the Hill, which I, I yeah, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to play that at all. I like, I came in <laughs> hoping it wouldn't get rolled, um, because my list is absolutely not built for King of the Hill. Um, but of course then, and then the, that's also the one where I get to face Bob, you know, so cool. Um, and then uh third round was, was that bunkers or headhunter? Um, I Headhunters was third round. Bunkers was fourth. Okay, yeah. So then Headhunter, it did great because, you know, you make your 91 PV unit one of your commanders and run around, you know, make people fight you. And that's exactly <laughs> what the Fenris J does. Um, and then Bunkers, that was that was a close one. I um, 
that that literally came down to me um having to go on wipeout mode and left my opponent with just his uh black wolf battle armor and then i ran off to his side of the board and started blowing stuff up because he 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 was on my side of the board and and he had he had the initiative advantage that was also that's also one thing um when you double and triple down on pv uh high pv units that you i think i fielded five was the most units i fielded all day um but uh but bunkers it, it worked out because i was able um able to start forcing a fight um and then the uh fifth round i played uh capture the flag which um was it, it was a little bit of a, a like mind warp because i was playing uh it, it was like 80 percent of my republic of the sphere list like he had come up with it, you know, like we had like, uh, what do they call that? Um, when two people come up with the same idea and develop it at the same time and they don't even know about it. Um, but <laughs> no, um, can't think of the word, but anyway, but so it was very interesting to be facing like literally most of my own list. Um, <laughs> and when he won uh train placement, I knew it was going to be kind of screwed because he had, a skill to just two, um, and I, I know how that works. And, <laughs> and, and then it was also kind of the end of the day. And then I had one misstep, which is the big problem of putting 91 PV into a mech that has seven total pips is you have one misstep you lose. Like it, it kind of just comes down to that. So because they get a whole bunch of points for your kill for their kill on you. Well, it, well, I mean, that, and that's also half of my ability. Right. It's not even about the MOV. It's, it's about now I have all of my damage doing potential is gone. So, um, so yeah, I, I had one the quarterback gets hurt and exactly star quarterback is down. Um, the backup's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I had one misstep, I, you know, it was fifth game I was getting, so I just kind of eyeballed it and I thought I'd be okay. And I wasn't okay. <laughs> so how did you feel about playing your own well basically playing yourself i I was how did were you able to i mean you said you you know how this works were you able to counter it okay oh no no he won terrain placement so i knew i was like i said um uh because he was running um I, I won't say what he was running i say what i I'll, i'll say what i have in my list um a couple of uh uh, Ripper transports, a, uh, Sprint Scout VTOL, uh, a couple of Tortoise twos and adjust two, and then, you know, assorted mechs around that. Um, but it's literally, you have three built-in spotters, um, scary battle armor and, uh, all the indirect fire you can imagine. So when he won terrain placement, I was hoping he would place poorly, um, because that was my only chance, but he didn't. So I knew I was, uh, going to have to go in there and try to, uh, and displace him. Well, yeah, I, I was going to have to go in there and try to pry out adjust to, and that for, for my list, that's just not, not going to happen. You know, if I'd have uh, been, if, if I'd had a different list, I might've had a better chance, but 
with my list against that list, like just knowing my own list, like you kind of develop a paper, rock, scissors of your own different designs. And he definitely had paper to my rock. (laughs) Damn me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) How dare I put that list out there for people to copy? Yeah. I don't even think I did. Like I said, I think it was uh, totally just exclusive. Yeah. Like he just developed, well, if, if he did the same thing I did, he went and he saw what a just two was, and then he went, Oh, that's pretty cool. What else does this faction yeah. have? Oh, they also have tortoise twos. Okay. And from there, I mean, the rest just kind of falls into place. Pretty but, simple. Indirect yeah. fire eight. So, yeah. That's yeah. Tough. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Is that like mutual destruction or mutual development or like mirror converging, converging something? Yes. Conversion deterrence. Deterrence. I'll have to look that up. Anyway, uh, Tommy, how much how much fun did you have with the Capellans? I think he stepped away. Oh, okay. Well, as uh, the only other player that did play some games, I brought my um, Apocas Venatori C three I list. Um, basically because it's the only list I have painted, mostly, 98%. Mostly, mostly. Um, and I've played a couple of games against Matt, but in the tournament setting, it's it's just different when you go from pickup games to, you know, an actual tournament uh, where everyone's got a good list. Um, I'm not saying that Matt doesn't have because he's usually beating me with it every single time. Oh, uh, you've rolled me a few times. But I did <clears throat> realize how c3i is supposed to be played because i've been I'm, I'm so caught up in the short medium range okay short medium range this and that when and those are the most expensive units in the in the celestial you know catalog where the other the ones i should have been taking which were cheaper do more damage at long range and guess what c3i makes everything short range if you have good spotters and so i after that experience i went back and tweaked my list quite a bit um it's much, much more lethal at long range, uh, soften you up before you kind of get into the into the meat of the thing. So um, I'm, I'm interested to, to play that list again. But uh, after Gen Con, man, I went through Iron Winds and basically created a whole new, new Draconis Combine Dark Age list because those models are so cool. Well, they're... And- they're really flared out too. You yeah. you brought those along the one night, and I was just like, "There's a lot of metal here and intricate designs." And yeah, they're... I was afraid to even pick them up. <laughs> they're very there, pretty. There were so many blades and extra armor and flare hanging off of them. Wags. And those, oh, yeah. and, the, and and those are just that's just stock. Yeah, that's not modded. That's but I uh, played Tommy, and uh, I think uh, I forgot to ask Charles, but my, my toughest, I think, was uh, the young Bovi. Um, he had uh, a very interesting list together. Uh, him and I kind of battled round and round, and then he finally, it, it, it was that turn in the tide where I'm like, if this mech goes, I'm pretty much done, and then that mech went. So uh, that was a good game against him. Um, had a really, really good time taking shots. Apparently, I got roped into the Tommy Ben shot-taking capture-the-flag round, 
so that was interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I I only played three rounds. Um, I had to fill in for um, somebody that left. Doozian. But, Doozian. Doozian. Who brought my ghost bear list that I painted up for him. So pretty happy to see that back again. Um, but yeah, I'm... <laughs> I am going to, again, to put a bow on the whole thing, I had a great time. I thought this was an excellent tournament. Um, One thing that stood out to me was uh, there was no clear winner, or there was no, you know, you had to go five rounds, and each of the top four opponents had one loss. Um, So the Swiss, you know, according to Swiss rules, we had to play five rounds to determine a winner and that uh that definitely came out there was no four and oh going into uh five uh fifth round so these were tougher matches i think with less i did get that a lot uh andrew what did what did you see was there a lot more evened lists out there or or what do you think was the the catalyst of a lot of um there wasn't a very big disparaging gap between top and bottom. There was there was a lot of middle this this year. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the standings and and that kind of thing again to to really get into it again. I really wasn't playing. Um, nice thing this year was um, again we're getting a lot of repeat people coming back, so questions are uh, much less. Uh, but everyone, I love when I hear the guy scream or, or not scream, but, oh, and hands go throwing up in the air or <laughs> they're laughing or, or, you know, something crazy cool happens that, um, just the enjoyment in the community that that's happening is, is the best thing for me when, when running a tournament. Yeah. Um, I was very lax on requiring lists and checking them this year or for four battle barn so <clears throat> i think i got not even half less of submitted for for the event yeah what'd when, you say uh, you had you had like uh there were probably like a hundred changes so everybody was changing everything all the time for email so you couldn't I, even I, like, I, like i said i didn't get very many this time it was i think you're referring to the florida one that okay. was quite a bit of back and forth Mm. but again successful tournament i think everyone had a great time had a lot of new players uh that was good to see again also had a lot of returning players um i think it was again it was a well-run uh uh, tournament we tried something new this year kind of uh did a, a thumbs up kind of a thing when everyone was ready for for uh time clock i i think that was a a well-received um, kind of on-the-fly change. I tried to time each each beginning around. It still came out to be at about 10 minutes. Sometimes it was 11, 12. But I think that was a, a good change to the rules. Just kind of everyone well, give us an idea. It's not a, it wasn't a change of the rules, but we, we gave it a shot. Just remember yeah. that that's 50 minutes, right? <clears throat> Over the course of the tournament, that basically adding an hour. Yeah. But and that's why that's why games are uh, an hour and twenty minutes long, not an hour and thirty minutes, because we're trying to 
at least buffer it a little bit. But um, yeah, I I can't really think of anything that went glaringly wrong. Um, I do know a couple of things. We had a lot of players playing on the same map just because that's how it worked out with the round between round. Um, and that's that's a simple fix. Uh, just kind of changing up some table numbers or or pod uh, go to a pod thing or something like that but uh i can tell you from my stance we had a lot less notes <laughs> that we had to take uh on the way home uh last year was a lot of notes of course that was pre 2.0 or 2.1 wherever on and and this this year um not a lot of huge takeaways but a couple but again it was a very smoothly run tournament i i was very impressed with everyone that was there and all the work that we put into it and everything went great. So You're any welcome. other remarks? Uh, just to uh, answer your question, coach, uh, Matt was also my most nail bitey scenario. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was pip and a prayer, you know, like I, <laughs> I, I, I went like six rounds with one pip. So um, like you can't get pushed any closer to <laughs> your max. On the edge. Right. Yeah. Like that, that's <laughs> as close you can get to losing or not even losing. Cause I mean, I, I lost to uh, Bob and Sam, but those were pretty clear. Like after the first shooting phase, it was kind of like, okay, this is going to go downhill for me <laughs> and I know it. And that's just the way it is. Um, but for, uh, yeah, no, I was playing Matt. He, he definitely pushed, uh, made smart plays all the way around, um, caught me up when I made one, one mistake, but not, it wasn't quite enough to kill me. So, um, that was, I mean, you can't ask for better than that. So that it, Matt, Matt definitely pushed it. Well, good. I mean, the only thing I was going to say with our game, Charles, if I can say I was lucky with the linebacker, just a bit. Well, yeah, no, but that's what I mean. Like yeah. you, 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 you did the damage, you got the crit and then it was kind of like, okay, so, um, my heavy mech is dead and that's my only heavy mech. So yeah. King of the Hill is, uh, out of the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think your Fenris did a very good job of keeping me extremely busy though for the, for most <laughs> that game though. God. Well, I'm sorry, yeah. but skill two, seven damage is short is not a joke. That's a, that's, that's a no horror joke. story. Yeah, no, it was fun. I, I am, um, uh, but so with that, that experiment, I encourage anyone out there, if you're thinking about really just kind of playing around with skills, just go for it. Just give it a try because, um, it, it works. I mean, at least reasonably well, I, 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 I didn't lose, uh, I, I feel like I kind of won the right amount, lost the right amount. It kind of went the way that I would have imagined. So. It was fun. Give it a go. D take a really good pilot. I encourage it. I am drawing a blank of what we did Saturday night. <laughs> uh, that's I, I remember what we did Saturday night. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah. I can see why you might be drawing a blank, though. Ah. Uh, it was a lot of fun, to be honest. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we've we hit up one of the uh, nice little, the the nice Mexican restaurant in oh, Evansville. That's right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, doing that after eating about a dozen of the White Castle burgers Ben brought was a 
bad combination I discovered. In retrospect, you know, Ben was pretty popular that that hey. evening and night, that day and that night. He's having a good time. Yeah, he was. Um, he found his phone back. That's good. And then I think uh, <laughs> Sunday. I think, uh, man, uh, Sunday was get Charles to the airport. <laughs> yep. yep. And, and I did have a flight. It did work. So that was, that good. was an early morning. That was an improvement. And uh, I think Matt, Tommy, and I made one last trip uh, to Gen Con, just uh, made the walk around, and I think we headed out. I think again, overall good Gen Con slash Battle Barn 2022. I had a lot of fun. It was a great time. Um, it's good seeing all the people again. Uh, that's what Gen Con is all about. So is now the time to say that next year we won't be having Battle Barn running our events on probably um, yeah are we allowed to announce that <laughs> there's no reason not to all right well make the announcement then so uh next year um come hell or high water uh we will be uh running a couple of different events uh for for or with or under the catalyst banner um we will be bringing back the cadet program got a new idea for a Wolstergoon's officer program, which would be a uh, 200 list step up to the 350. Uh, we'll be running a 350 tournament at Gen Con. Um, and I think we're on the hook for doing a big Thursday Alpha Strike game. So we'll be busy um, at Gen Con next year. So we're looking forward to seeing many, many, many more faces. So stop by and say hi and we've been i mean let's not lie we've been building up this for how long we've been doing this three and a half four years now and covid really yeah. kicked our ass so well we were set to we were gonna go and do we were gonna do a 350 um during the year of the pandemic and yeah then that happened right. and then they, we were going to do it last year, and we decided not to because of down numbers and mask mandates and all of that stuff. And we didn't do that, do it this year for the same reason. But if that's the new norm, then we've got to change, get with the times, and go where the people are. So that's what we're going to do. Let's hope it's not. Let's hope it's not, though. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, let's do a history brief. Actually, yeah. before we go into the history brief, I do have one quick little announcement that I'd like to make um, concerning Ares games. Ares. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's all I wanted to do. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, oh, I you're going to really get after it again. I, was like, I, love, it. I love it when you do that. So I didn't, I didn't want to get out of the way. Um. On September 1st, uh, Derek at Aries Games and Miniatures will be celebrating 10 years of being your friendly merchant dealer. A um, couple of things you should know. Um, they've ha they'll have a lot of new products already in-house, um, ready to debut. 
but uh, there might be a few new things coming up. They won't all be Battletech related, um, but they are expanding outwards. Uh, some will be some new Battletech items. Um, even better, there's a sale. Starting on September 1st at 12 a.m., almost Ooh. everything in the store will receive an additional 10% off automatically in your cart until 11.59 p.m. on September 11th, 2022. Oh, no coupon codes are needed, and you cannot double up on coupon codes as the sale will take precedent over any existing codes. There will only be a couple of categories that the sale won't apply to. Um, not only that, but for the first week through September 8th, shipping on all orders over 250 will ship for free in the U.S. only. You pick the gear, and they pick the shipping. For the international guys, they cannot eat the shipping. They will include something small for you in your package. Um, Derek wanted me to say that he wanted to say thank you to everyone who has supported the store over the last 10 years, and he looks forward to another 10 years as well as another 10 years beyond that. So a uh, very heartfelt um, congratulations to Derek for 10 years. And thank you so much for all the support and the things that you do for us. Um, you truly are an amazing merchant factor. Um, I've got many, many stories of him helping me out out of the blue and very quickly. So thank you. And I with that, hope, oh, go ahead. I just I just hope they don't break his website. That's what title <clears throat> tech players do. So hopefully they don't break his website. <laughs> we we have a tendency to break things, it digitally electronic or whatever. Um, so with that, Aries Games and Miniatures brings us our history brief. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, this is the way the Star League ends. Not by a gun, but with a gavel. Hello, Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Let's go. Today we return once more to Terra, the birthplace of humanity. The date is the 12th of August, 2781, and though often overlooked in the great dates of history, it is the day even the most naive hope was extinguished. After General Alexander Kerensky and the Star League Defense Force reclaimed Terra after the bloodiest fighting ever seen, the question of succession loomed at the front of everyone's mind. The clear front-runner to the residents of the inner sphere and periphery alike, regardless of affiliation or social standing, was Kerensky himself. The reason for this was twofold. First, was the simple logic. Amaris became ruler of the hegemony when he deposed the Camerons, and now Kerensky had unseated Amaris. Beyond that, Kerensky still maintained control of the SLDF, giving him some level of claim to the Star League as a whole. Secondly, there was an enormous outpouring of support once it became clear what Amaris had done to the people and planets of the hegemony. The shame and guilt of those who stayed on the sidelines was immense, and conveniently, there was no longer any risk involved in siding with the citizens of the hegemony. When the House Lords reconvened the Star League Council, they found that Kerensky had reclaimed the title of Protector of the Realm after retaking Terra, and feared that Kerensky would become a strong candidate for the role of First Lord. 
To their surprise, instead, he asked that they be lenient on the captured Rimworld soldiers, and then asked them to decide a new First Lord between them. Kerensky's devotion to the ideal of the Star League was so complete, and his intentions so noble, or perhaps naive, he felt sure that the House Lords would be able to set aside their differences for the sake of the good of all. The House Lords were able to unite for exactly two resolutions. First, they made Jerome Blake the Minister of Communications and tasked him with rebuilding the crippled HPG network. The only other thing they could come together on was that Kerensky could not be allowed to remain a political threat. They saw him as a sort of Damocles looming over each of their heads once they took the throne of First Lord, as each of them intended for themselves. Also, Kerensky's trust was misplaced. At least two House Lords had reason to actively work against him. While it is unclear how aware Kerensky was of these grudges at the time, he essentially trusted his fate to his political adversaries. When they summoned Kerensky to give him the news of his forced retirement, he stoically removed the indicators of his title, along with the SLDF patches, awards, and rank. The people of the Inner Sphere were stunned, and protests erupted in the streets. The citizenry could see the great injustice for what it was, but of the House Lords who had committed the betrayal, only Barbara Liao of the Capellan Confederation ever expressed any regret at the decision. The House Lords continued meetings for the next several months, trying to bribe, threaten, or compel each other into submission. Which brings us back to the 12th of August, 2781. The House Lords finally agreed on a third topic, and adjourned their meeting, and released a three-sentence statement to the press. There would be no next First Lord. Not decided by the Star League Council, anyway. They instead returned to their homes and prepared for war. Well, most of them. Archon Robert Steiner of the Lion Commonwealth died of pneumonia within hours of landing on Tharkad, which conveniently prevented an outright rebellion of the people who felt his part in the death of the Star League warranted his forcible removal. Now Wolfnet, it is said that peace only survives for as long as powerful people are actively working to sustain it. But in the end, the only person who was content with peace had been made an old, tired, and disillusioned man, unofficially leading an army sworn to protect a nation that no longer existed. The House Lord's short-sighted and personal focus had led them to remove the one hope that peace ever had. All in the name of self-promotion. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. And that was This History Brief brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures with our very own Charles Gideon. So, back to us. The Alpha Strike Box Review. You guys did an unboxing. We did. Yeah, talk about getting hits on the YouTube video. There's like 4,000. 4,000 people watched what you guys said. Yeah, too bad it was in 320p. (laughs) Hey, I I have the original. It's in 1080p if you want me to put it on the the drive. I kind of do. 
So okay. for those I'll get it loaded are, tomorrow. For those of for those four point seven thousand viewers of our Alpha Strike uh Gen Con exclusive unboxing. Um, unfortunately, because we don't have a thousand subscribers on YouTube, we couldn't Yet. stream it straight to YouTube. So <laughs> I'm on my phone downloading an emulator that can take the video from the Facebook page and put it onto YouTube. And unfortunately, doing it on my phone caused it to basically be less than, uh, desired quality so i apologize <laughs> a lot for that um but it's still okay ish again uh it would have been much better had i been able to do it the right way but um i uh thank you everyone for the comments i think there's one uh specifically that says the guy in the orange shirt shouldn't do unboxing videos <laughs> so uh you 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 were spanked? spazzy or, or spastic uh, yeah, or something I, I yeah spastic. yeah i saw that i saw i saw that <laughs> what, what a kind like, what a kind comment i was like there you so, go coach. Uh, shout out to that i guess uh, <laughs> uh i'll try to be not as spastic next time just uh, don't be you coach i, yeah, I won't be me i'm looking right now to try to find it um it was so good. I I had I had to have a chuckle. Oh, here it is. Uh, <laughs> that guy in the orange shirt is very terse and moves erratically. He needs to let the bearded guy do the video alone. <laughs> ah! You're up, Andrew. <laughs> unboxing. Next unboxing. So anyway, um, yeah, it. Uh, I thought we did a good job. But tried to do is show the product off as, as best as we can. It was a fantastic product. Um, I loved everything. Literally everything in that box set was amazing. Um, the miniatures were great. I love the price point. The terrain features were a, a big plus for me. The buildings were awesome. And I just like... Literally, people can just now just hey, my table is the board. Let's throw some trees and some buildings and play. And I think uh, Catalyst was missing that uh, kind of product to, to go straight to. And I, I'm sorry, I am having the biggest deja vu moment in the world right now. <laughs> That's freaking creepy. Anyway, I'll edit that out. With what? Like, I just had a deja vu moment of staring at my Discord thing, talking about this product. Exactly how I just did it. Anyway, because you just um, did it. We just, right. had a, we just had a time paradox, people. Fucking weird, man. That was very Coach weird. Just, Coach just got swallowed through a wormhole. <laughs> Maybe I've just been podcasting enough that I've said these words over already. <laughs> um, no, but I was thinking we could. Uh, break down the box and kind of go through it step by step you know just so that way everybody because you guys did a, a, an excellent job of like showing like here's the stuff in it but that was also like brand new to everybody so like really sitting and like digging through it or you know reflecting on any piece of it you guys you, you didn't have the opportunity to do it so yeah. um uh, i don't have my box with me so you'll have to 
Well, well going guys. starting at the very when you open the box, the first thing you see is the uh, uh, Chaos Theory short story by Brian Young. Um, covers a conflict between um, the Northwind Highlanders and some Jade Falcons, and it covers all of the minis in the box. So I I like that it all ties together. It's not just random short story like it, it's literally setting you up for using the product yeah and uh it's it's in the ill clan era so they are the new star league jade falcons uh the unit's called the golden talons so yeah and uh, you know no spoilers or anything but um it definitely raises more questions it, like oh yeah the, the stuff oh, they yeah. the stuff yeah. they go over and the stuff they explain it's kind of like what, what what's really going on here wait what and i assume it's just part of a bigger story but mm-hmm. but it was it was a good it was a good fun story it was interesting uh, the artwork is pretty fabulous on the outside mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh uh, yeah, then the next thing in the box is the minis, which um, you guys went over what they all are. Um, I will say I, I feel like there's less mold lines on this than I have in any of my other uh, box, my any of my other Catalyst minis. And maybe it was just because they were like the first ones off the assembly line or whatever, but I feel like all of them are super clean. None of them uh, are like, bent out of shape or anything like that. The Wraith looks awesome in person. Uh, they even did a great job with the Pouncer. I never liked the Pouncer mini- uh, miniature, but this one I really do like. Like, I want to paint that miniature. Oh, for sure. Um, and, it, and also the uh, Dasher in this is the an energy boat Dasher, so it matches what a lot of people are throwing, you know, your <laughs> Dasher H's and whatnot. Yeah. The D. Um, so go get your well, outstrike box set. And then for the dasher. Kind of continuing on with the the product tie-ins. Um, I like that a lot of at least when I was flipping through this earlier, the uh, a lot of the cards align with units that came out of rec guides. So it's pulling, even though some of these are some of the more most classic and iconic mechs you still are getting uh ill clan era cards so very cool that that's all tied together um and then battlefield support it's cool that it's in there because otherwise i probably wouldn't ever give it a try but it's in there so i'm going to give it a try um yay thank and you it's, it's not <laughs> yep. the it's not the full battle battlefield support deck it is Right, it's a sampling. Yep, it's just sampling. So it's, I think it's the, and, and it's all offensive. It's the yeah. the actual battlefield support deck has defensive cards in it as well. So, but, but I'm, they're, I'm they're thrilled just, that it that it's included. Yeah, they're just bombing, uh, heavy or uh, the aerospace strikes and then artillery. I think is all that's in there. Yep. And uh, flipping through the pilot cards, um, none of them are really jumping out to me other than a uh, certain uh, Jezebel Youngblood. So Crescent Hawks uh, are a thing still in Ill Clan. They're back. Or never left. <laughs> right. 
Um, it, but that's that's kind of the boring stuff. Um, then we get to uh, the oh, punk. One the, more thing about the pilot oh. cards. On the flip side, it does actually have the characters that are in the fictional book. So oh, it has yes. gold talents and it has the Northwood Highlander characters that are in the fiction, which I thought yes. was fantastic. Yes. And so, yeah. So it's all part of the kind of full product tie together. Um, and then the uh, punch cards, uh, the heavy cards, cardboard uh, stuff. Standees. Standees. Yes. Um, first, uh, we got the objective markers. Because there are objective scenarios in the uh, the scenario book in here, Woo-hoo. or the ru- c- scenario portion of the rule book, I should be more specific. Um, there is one interesting, and I mean, it's such a small thing, but um, the uh, artillery template does not align with the rules, so that's interesting <laughs> um, because uh, really? it has. Uh, <laughs> huh. uh, uh, on the template, it says, uh, uh, what is it? Attack direction is is the way you're supposed to lay it on the board. And that's one where in the rules, that's north. So, that's north. Yep. so it's a little discrepancy, but not, not huge. And honestly, maybe that's a better way of doing it just so that way you don't have to argue about which way is north. Which I don't know. North? I always thought it should be attack direction should be one. And then go from there. I never did like the North. Well, thing. apparently whoever made right. the template also agrees with you. So, <laughs> um, and then there's a bunch of movement chits, um, which I think is handy for people who are just getting into alpha strike. Um, but I don't know that these, w- I would ever use these over movement dice. I feel like the, the no. dice are just so much handier. Yes. Um, Except maybe with standstill, that might be the only oh. chits I would use. It just because for that one thing, it's very clear. I don't know. Yeah, I can see instead of showing the six. Yeah, yeah, um, and then the trees. Um, I was very skeptical about standy trees, um, but once I pulled them all apart and put it, you know, and assembled them. They, I mean, are they as cool as the, you know, the train model ones or whatever that you might get? No. But are they going to dress up your board a whole lot compared to just putting some green construction paper down? Yes, yes. they will. They very, very much will. Um, so very cool. And there's all kinds of, there's like different kinds of trees and stuff. So you can like tell which piece goes to which. That's what I, I like, like that. too. They added different kinds of trees, not just one standard tree. And the rule I like in the rule book is if you put a triangle of trees or a square of trees, that whole area is trees. Yeah. Or even just a line, right? It would yeah. Have this tree and it's three inches away from another tree. That it's a it's a line of trees versus just a a single tree and a single tree. So that was unique i i like that uh, we've been talking a little bit about uh i wish they would have had a little more language around ensuring that you know the outside of the tree um with a laser line is is the template region um but this is casual play not tournament play so we'll uh 
be very, very happy that we got what we got and move on. And the buildings, those are stop way skipping ahead. Those oh, are the sorry. bottom of the box, coach. Sorry, those are the bottom <laughs> of the box. Sorry. <laughs> Um, no, then the primer, uh, I, I think the primer is an excellent, uh, here is ill clan era. Um, I, I do, I mean, hell's horses is, is in here, so that means they should survive for at least a little while. Right. <laughs> um, and one thing to note for those who decide to want to throw away their primer Cough, cough, wink, wink. The new 3151 map is in the primer. So if you want a cool frameable map of the new going forward, that's in the primer, I believe. Yes. Yes, it is. Somebody tried to throw their primer away during the tournament. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> There's no, a no, that, was, that, was, that was Sebastian. trying. He was trying to get uh, weight down for his flight home to Denmark. So. He handed me all his terrain for that. That was nice. Thank you, Sebastian. Throws out the primer. You got his terrain? Yeah, I got all of it. And all his chits and all that. What? You want it? I'd take the trees, yeah. Well, those are useful, though. I need those. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're good when uh, people are trying to talk each other out of them. Right. Um, but then, uh, next is the, uh, quick start rules, um, covers all of the basics, uh, does a good job in it. I, I feel like, uh, because of it's a, a curated selection of mechs, so then you get to pick what rules need to be included to cover those mechs. Um, and they did a good job of figuring those pieces out. Um, otherwise it's a lot of the same stuff from uh command commander's edition um the one thing that i really appreciate is like every other page has a bruschetto mech on it or mini on it so then i can hot sauce i can feel good and good and jealous flipping <laughs> through the rules um but then but then in the back it goes through uh scenarios for um and, and it even like lays them out in order like play this scenario first play first yeah yep. that was great and it then go in order. Yep. So then they tell you like what minis to pull out of the box, what cards to pull out of the box, how, you know, uh, if you get any, uh, battlefield support or not. So it really, it yes. eliminates that, that question of like, that I know that I have fielded multiple times and everybody here has of, I got the game of armored combat and I bought the alpha strike book. Now what do, do I do? do? Yeah. How right? do I apply it? Yeah. So this is a, an awesome way. What is there, like four or five scenarios, something like that? Here's so that way people end. can really dig into it and get a feel for the game um, without having to make up their own rules. Because when you don't know, you don't know. Step by step, set up an action. Yeah. yeah. They knock that out of the park. That that's what they said they wanted to put in, and that's what they put in. That's awesome. That's and then hitting, there's that's hitting a goal. Yep. And and uh, then there is the uh, heavy stock uh, quick reference card, um, which has 
Uh, it has all the information you need for the stuff in this box, not necessarily all the stuff like out of Commander's Edition, that sort of thing. So um, just keep that in mind. And then is a whole bunch of buildings, Coach. Yes, the buildings. I love those buildings. There's so many of them. How many are there, Coach? I think there's 13. 15. 15. Even better. Um, yeah. I I had them all stood up here the other day, and uh, when you get them all stood up and standing there, there's a lot of damn buildings in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of hidey-seeky opportunity. Um, the, and the thing that I really like is they're really... They feel well made. They've got a lot of sturdiness to them that outside of the really big, the big, the big ones, you know, that are four inches in size or whatever, um, they'll hold metal miniatures. So um, well done there. I think Matt, Tommy, and and I will put that to the test on some Thursday night throwdowns because I'm going to put some of those together and use those in a couple of our games. I think we'll, I'm gonna we'll see if all that metal will not come <laughs> crashing down through. I'll put my tension on it. We'll see. <laughs> That's a lot of weight. Thinking yes. about building building the city board using those just as a here's a here's a way to use these. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wouldn't be it be fun. cool to have like a tournament where you just bring your box set and use half of minis? Well, I think Matt, you and I were talking about this the other day. Like mm-hmm. we haven't done a full city no. using the 350 rules. Well, now we have enough buildings to actually, I think, do it. So that's That'll a lot fun. of hiding places. And I think it'll really bog it down. <laughs> yes, but I agree. Um, that's have... that, that's the biggest thing. Is like how do we keep the units engaged for yeah. long enough to get through the short amount of time we want to get a game done, we'll especially for like tournament formats, like. How much how much time do we really want to you know you get six hours for an event mm-hmm. and you want to run a one day because you can't sometimes you can't run a two day if you don't have a choice and it's like what can you fit well we'll have to test out what that kind of averages we'll go full we definitely, bore we definitely have the flexibility to be able to do to do that so we'll go full bore all love city, testing and then. So- <laughs> So my my question that I came up with when I was going through this earlier and talking, you know, doing the going through it step by step with you guys. Do you because our 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 consensus has generally been if you want to get into BattleTech and you have any sort of like BattleTech or mini game or tabletop experience, just jump to Game of Armored Combat. And then get, if you want to get into Alpha Strike, get Commander's Edition, right? Roughly. Um, do... See, and I would, and I would, and I would tell people if they want to get in to get Commander's Edition first. And I, I really think the best way to get into Battletech is through Alpha Strike first. Um, things translate up to Classic much better than it translates down. Alpha Strike. Not, and that's not to say that 
Alpha Strike is lesser. It's just there's that many more rules to Classic. I, I would agree with that. When we've had young kids come into the game shop back in the day, hey, we want to learn. Oh, great. We'll We'll bring a box set or we'll bring something. Okay, here's two different games. Let's learn this side. Why should we learn that one over this other box? Like, because look at this card versus look at this full eight and a half by 11 sheet. Here's said rule books for this side. Here's all the other rule books for this side. Oh, okay. I see the difference now. Okay. Well, I, I guess generally I would always tell people to get a game of armored combat because the value for the money for the minis, it gives you the basic rules for classic battle tech. If you want to, it gives you, you know, a map, it gives you everything you need to be able to play classic. If you want to, not necessarily that I think that that's the jumping in point, but, um, now with the alpha strike box, is that the go-to starting point? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, Twice on Sunday. I wouldn't even waffle. Because what, 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 what was in the game of armored combat that helped you with Alpha Strike? Uh, just the cards. Well, and got to remember, a game of armored combat is not an Alpha Strike. It, no. is, it isn't geared for Alpha Strike because you don't, you get cards, but they really don't tell you what they're for. Right. And they're not, they're not the same unit on both sides. So. It's yeah. It's not I ideal. This, I think for the bang for the buck, this anybody could get and just instantly be transported into the world of BattleTech. Well, it the nice the nice thing with with Alpha Strike and, and how they this this box set and this product in particular is we get all the questions right about well what do we do next or how do we do the, you know what do we do. This box comes with two forces. They're laid out. The scenario that says, play me first, says, here's one side and here's the other. Um, and play me next. And here's sides and here's the other. And it doesn't waffle. It doesn't change. There's a delineation between an opposing, you know, two opposing forces. It's a very quick and easy thing to pick up and experience the game. Well, and if you want, you know, more different miniatures for the value and lean into the classic side, sure. Game of Armored Combat would be another good. I guess yep. I guess I'm going to take it back. I think they're two different game systems and trying to fit one into the other is is not the way to go about it. I would try to find out from the the player first like hey i play battletech what do you play and he and if he's like i play dungeons and dragons rpg i go game of armored combat i'll teach you classic because they're an in-depth person they want to be able to you know shoot each weapon this is my mech uh i'm only in control of this character here um if they play x-wing or warhammer or Axis and allies, or something like that. Then I would go. Well, here's here's a that's good fair. I that's think, absolutely I think, fair. I think they came up with two awesome products for the two very different games that they have. 
Now, if someone's just off the street and like, I want to get into miniature wargaming, I'm like, what kind of gaming do you do? I have nothing. I've, I've played Magic twice. I'm like, oh boy, okay. Then I would I would go the the BattleTech Alpha Strike box set, just because it's easier to learn. It's fast play. They get a taste of action. Um, and again, like Andrew said, it's easier to go from Alpha Strike to Classic than Classic to Alpha Strike. Because if they're not used to running a whole weekend of gaming, you want to give them something fast that's not going to lose their interest. Because on average, what is it? It would take me at least an hour to teach someone everything on a Battletech classic record sheet. And and oh. go through go through the the okay, this is terrain here. This is how this works. Moving up costs you this. Uh hex facing is here. This weapon does this at this range, does this much heat. Uh oh, you walk, that's more heat, keeping track of your heat, internal you know, structure. You start going down the list, that's a lot. You know, you give them an Alpha Strike card. Oh, I, I roll that many dice, and if I hit, I take that many dots off. Okay. Here's your tape measure. Go from here to here. Face any yeah. direction. Can you can you fit in here? Yep. Go for it. Um, are there critical hits? Yes. But those are, again, much more watered down and easier to explain than if an ammo bin explodes. Okay, get your calculator out, kids. <laughs> How much ammo you got left? Hey, okay, you lost the torso. <laughs> then you lose the arm, too, and... No, but Aaron, you you're 100% correct. They are two different games in um, players. players I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think. Possible. I didn't think of it the, the way that you laid it out, and you are 100% correct. It's it's the individual that's coming and find the thing that matches for. They. Catalyst now has a product to cover both sides. Both. Yep. Which is great. I love it. A++ Catalyst on the Battletech Alpha Strike box set. The, no uh, wonder they sold out of 200 copies in a half an hour. <laughs> my, my, and this is a nitpick and I know it because of the way I like to play alpha strike. This is, this is the classic, but I want to play it this way. Um, is they do not include multiple attack rolls as an option in the, in the quick start rules, which I understand why, because once you get into optional rules, you won't stop, but Are you sure I'm pretty sure. Actually, I do think, it. I do Did think I that it? rule is in there. Did I'm I pretty, miss it? I think it yeah, I think it's in there. I think I did I see pretty, that. As well. Oh, there it is. It's yeah, on the. Uh, it's not on the page that. Page twenty-one. Yeah, it's under applying damage. Not way uh, to go, catalyst. <laughs> not doing. Not not rolling to hit, making the attack. I was looking under making the attack. So thank you, catalyst. I will take back my nitpick. <laughs> I will eat crow, and I will look at my and I will look at my wraith mini. Thank you very much. <clears throat> now, can you build? Can you build an air sung list? Um, I mean, I don't know that I can get a wraith skilled up high enough to hit 350 all by itself. So, Ooh. I bet wow. you can paint it gunmetal blue, though. I can't wait to paint mine. That's the wraith has always had a special place in my heart ever since. Ever since I saw seven eleven seven, it can do that. <laughs> 
Wait, how heavy is it? Yep. It's a 50 ton mech? What? 55. 55? As long as you're not using the stupid inner sphere large pulse laser. <laughs> well, I've seen kind of hard people to get do crazier things with it, like turn it into a submarine and a diving bell, but they're pretty <laughs> they're a pretty cool character for doing that. Um but so I th- so I think Aaron <laughs> made uh made it the most concise of it's not necessarily one has to be picked over the other, but now there's a good way to get into either system which is your flavor yep yep the very, well said aaron hey. you say you, <laughs> you, you say a lot of things and sometimes it's just gold you just kind of go what <laughs> <laughs> this time this time he made sense the lucid moments come <laughs> few and far between so um i think we've got a shit ton of events coming up yeah, we do actually. <laughs> um, sorry, my computer went to sleep. All right. Well, um, first up, there. we have we have September seventeenth, seventeenth here in Minneapolis, my local game store. We have the Vault three fifty. Um, that will be a Saturday um, one day tournament. Sounds like we're going to have a lot of new folks coming out to give this a shot. So uh, we are extremely excited um, to start, or I am, building a community five minutes from my house. <laughs> Lucky dog. <laughs> it, it will be, it, it's spectacular. I've been going for the last month, Wednesdays, Wednesday nights and Sunday afternoons, and um, we've gotten a pretty decent following so i'm i'm excited and i have to i have to give props where props is due um mr mahoney was the tip of the spear there to get things going and um stayed on my dumb ass to get out there and bob thank you for doing that um not a problem yeah bob uh september 30th the uh florida boys are are continuing what we started in february uh crucible x uh, in Orlando, Florida, uh, November 19th, uh, we're going to be hosting a 350 at Noble Knight Games in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, December 3rd, here in Minneapolis again, we'll have our third annual Curl Sisters a Go-Go. Uh, we we'll, might have <laughs> to find a, a bigger event for, for that, or b- b- bigger place to host that this year. Then we do it um, at Game Center? We did it at Game Center. They have added more space. so. Uh, I spent my I spent money so that I'm a member so I can uh, reserve tables. So we don't have to dash we'll, through the door this time. Well, we'll probably still we'll, will. Uh, we'll probably still will, but I I I got the uh, manager's name and number, and I'm a member there now. So we might I, be able to pull some strings and get some things sorted out. I call um, we, I call we Wolfnet stack on the door. <laughs> <laughs> January 21st will be Evercon in Rothschild, Wisconsin. I went out and did that one um, in February this year. Um, that was a fun little event. There were 12 folks that showed up there. Um, and I know Ron Ploger has been doing God's work out there and in, in building a community. And sounds like they've got 
a, a good base of players. So uh, if I can swing that, because that happens a week before we have gotten confirmation, uh, we've been on pins and needles a little bit, but we are going to be at LVO this year with Catalyst Game Labs. Um, be running a 350 tournament uh, there. So we we just got confirmation this last week. It's kind of been a, a roller coaster. The Frontline Game Group, they got one cat that does all of their events, and he's a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, it sounds like. So <laughs> he's very busy, but we finally got a chance to talk to him, and we are confirmed. So um, once Yay! the once the link goes up for tickets, if... If um, things are what people are saying they are, uh, tickets are going to go very, very quickly. So be on the lookout for the announcement for that. If if this is something that interests you to come out and, and do, um, we'd love to see as many people as possible. Um, so there you go. That's going to be fun. I'm excited for that one. Call it our coming out party, if you will. Yeah, I uh, I am just really. I'm kind of nervous. I'm gonna not get a ticket. To be honest, <laughs> not because I don't want one, but uh, I, I I feel like every every like different geographic group that I have talked to has at least like a a few handful of people who are planning to go. And I'm just like, th- there better be enough tickets because <laughs> that, that's going to be a bummer. You might have a judge vest on that weekend. So. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm really good at, at being a billboard and yelling numbers at people. That's that's, true. that's what I do when I'm when I'm judging. But <laughs> Yeah, the, the unfortunate thing is seats will be uh, somewhat limited. So hopefully... Hopefully Charles, everybody who wants soon, to go can go. Charles, as soon as I know, I'll let you know. Okay. And then after I get mine, then we can let everybody else <laughs> then know. Then it can go. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you announce <laughs> it after you've gotten your ticket. How's that? <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> That'd be a great announcement. Well, now that I've got mine, here's the one for everybody else. Well, and now that I've said that, and uh, unless tickets go on sale before this podcast airs, I guarantee that the Colorado guys are going to be sending me messages on discord saying, so after you get yours, can you announce it to us and then make it? (laughs) Oh, chain chain, game of telephone chain of command. Yep. All right. I think that, uh, we're wrapping up on three hours right now. So, well, should we, we move have... on to shout-outs? Shout-outs. Yeah. Bob. Sorry, Shout yeah, Bob. outs. Bob. Ooh. Bob. You're up first, buddy. Uh, let's see here. Shout-outs. Uh, 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 let's see here. Who? Who? Uh, I guess to Steve for driving me all the way to Indianapolis and back and listening to my dumbass for 11 hours each way. Um, let's see here. Of course. I know, hey, I will. I will state that is a feat. I rode with you for an hour and a half to Austin, Minnesota, the other day. It's yeah. nonstop. <laughs> it's nonstop. It's it's kind of like riding with Zena when she's excited. It's like he doesn't take a breath. 
Dude, you have no idea how much I've been biting my hand here this whole conversation you guys have been having. It has been a real feat over here, okay? I deserve a treat. I'm going to get another beer after this is over. I can't wait wait to hear that after we're done casting. (laughs) You you should throw those in for the the aftertakes. Oh, my God. The aftertakes will be longer than the podcast. Don't do that. I don't don't think Craig records that long. No, I can't imagine well, okay, so shout-outs. Uh, Aries Games and Miniatures, as usual, thanks for being our sponsor. Thanks for selling me a bunch of miniatures that are pretty great, except the Phantoms. I don't like the Phantoms. They look awful. But that's not Aries' fault. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Shout-out to, uh, like I said, Steve for driving me there. Shout-out to uh, Ben for showing up again. Great, great guy, as usual. Shout-out to all my opponents. Uh, it's a great event uh, with everyone there, and it can only get better the more folks we get. Um, uh, shout out to Dreamers Vault in Burnsville, because they put up with me constantly pushing Battletech, and since I gave my phone number to the managers, whenever someone asks for Battletech, they just call me and hand the phone to them. <laughs> uh, it's, seriously, though, thank you, Dreamers Vault, for... Uh, making sure I get connected with, at this point, it has been demo games for a dozen and a half folks in the past year. I, it's great. Um, otherwise, I'm just trying to think too. No, that's good. That's good for the moment. We'll, we'll stop ourselves here. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, shout out. All right. Strap in. I got a few. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, first off, um, dial back here a couple of weeks. I want to give a huge shout out to Ryan Kimmel again for uh, letting us host the Battle Barn at his place. Um, he just, I, I, there's nothing that you can say that gives the Battle Barn justice. Um, it is just a fantastic place with a fantastic individual. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Um, second out to everyone who made it out to the battle bar. Um, you know, it, it, it would suck to drive 10 hours and have two people show up. So thank you for making the trip worthwhile. And uh, as always, it's great seeing everyone there. Um, James Topa for coming out and running the blind draft. This last couple of years, I've been on the leadership team, and Topa is there as well for the CDT group, and he has been uh, a great individual to talk through various different things, and I just want him to know that I appreciate him. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the man, the myth, the legend, Lauren Coleman. Um, he actually took some time at Gen Con on Wednesday night to to stop over and uh, shoot the shit. Um, we had... A really, really good conversation, and at the time, uh, with what was going on for me, um, I I really needed that, and I appreciate him taking the time. Uh, just as Bob said, huge shout out to Derek King um, for all he does for us. Um, <laughs> I can call him in an afternoon, and he will get me stuff sent that day. Uh, he is an amazing individual, and I uh, really love his ability to um, build community through what he does. Um, <laughs> uh, Kevin Witt is painting Z's Ghost Bear Army. 
and it turned out that her vulture three pack was missing feet and he dug one out out of his personal stash to to get that fixed and I, it was awesome i really appreciate it um wayne Ch- uh, wayne chang uh contacted me here not too long ago he uh got uh his having some art commissioned and he was the individual that had the uh wilhelmina coursed with the marauder 2 art done um thank you for sending me over the high res for that. it was really really cool um dakota ingle at dreamers vault for being so accommodating and helping the community grow again a quick phone call and he grabs a couple of tables for me i really appreciate not being not having to worry whether i got a place to play so i really appreciate that and last but not least my last shout out goes out to my daughter zena the cyclone um I had a great time there at Gen Con and really looking forward to many more. So she uh, is 13. She stood by me as we chatted to damn near everybody we stopped to talk to. And <laughs> dad, you talk too much. That's what I, that was what I heard for the most part Thursday. So thank you to her for being supportive and, and coming out and rolling dice. That was Aaron, um, I want to first of all shout out Kyle Fleming from for coming all the way from Canada to be at the Battle Barn for his first 350 experience. Uh, even though he didn't bring 350 points, he literally only brought 200 points <laughs> and uh, did pretty well with it, from what I uh, remember. So uh, thanks to Kyle for flying it down. Uh, we literally thought he was one of Ryan's buddies for a little bit. And we're like, uh, who's this guy? And he's like, oh, no, I came here for this. And we're like, oh. <laughs> so um, big shout out to him and uh, his friends for driving him there. Um, I also want to thank uh, my bonds master or however you want to say <laughs> that. Bond holder. Uh, bond holder, uh, Brent Evans, for... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I guess uh, finally getting his fucking challenge game in, even though it took uh, two years, I think. So uh, next year, Alpha Strike, uh, you can meet. I'm going to win my freedom back on my field. So um, also a big shout out to uh, all of my castmates for making uh, Battle Barn and Gen Con as it is always a lot of fun. <clears throat> uh, thank everybody who came. That was it was just a great weekend. I needed. For reasons unknown to any of you, uh, most of you, I really needed that weekend. So uh, thank you for all the good memories and uh, the fun that I had. So, Charles. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll start off. Shout out to Aaron hooking me up with an Alpha Strike box. It means a lot that you uh, uh, you didn't just say, I got mine, and then <laughs> rub it in my face. I appreciate that. Um, and then all of the, the folks I played, uh, Matt, Bob, Scott, Tom, and Sam at Battle Barn, um, the, the people you play make the event. Um, cause it doesn't matter. It, I guess in my own opinion, it doesn't matter how well it's run, how cool all of the stuff around it is. If you play people who aren't fun to play games with, you just spent a whole day not having fun, but, uh, all five of you were a blast to play games with, um, just a great group of people. Um, 
shout out for all of the returning faces at Battle Barn. Um, with all the stuff happening at Gen Con, the fact that you folks still uh, set that aside to be able to come hang with us at some point during the weekend. Um, you know, Steve Seneca, I, 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 I'm going to forget people, so I'm going to stop trying to name them all now, but uh, you guys are all awesome. Um, uh, Mr. Brute for giving me a diorama. Um, truly a very thoughtful and awesome gift. Um, I will post pictures once I repair the very minor damage it incurred during flight. Um, nothing bad. Don't worry, dude. It, it'll be okay. I just need to fix it. Um, but it is amazing. I am unworthy of such a gift, but, um, when I get po pictures posted, everybody will see it and they'll, they'll agree. They'll be like, yeah, you don't deserve that. But, um, oh man, I had another one that I just, oh, um, Mrs. Bourbon. Um, she apparently heard my big sappy thing about getting people a cheeseburger last, uh, <laughs> podcast. Oh God, and, that's gotta be a shout out for me too. Yeah. And she showed up with, uh, what are they called? Burger White Castles. Sliders, baby. It was like slider boxes or I don't even know what cave, they're called. Cave pack or something like that. Crave yeah. crates. Crave, the crave. greatest invention <laughs> mankind's ever made. Yeah. She showed up with two of those. So, um, yeah, the, the whole, you know, get somebody a cheeseburger thing. She, um, I'm sure she didn't, doesn't listen to the podcast, so she'll never hear this, but, um, my appreciation for all of those tiny little cheeseburgers you brought is immeasurable. Um, so thank you. Tommy. Uh, you know, everybody's been, it's real. it's really hard to, to say everybody's name. Uh, cause everything, all the fans, uh, everybody that was at battle barn. Um, I like Charles is probably going to forget somebody. So, uh, I'm just going to go with some of the, um, a few people that uh that brought me uh great happiness uh the first one bourbon um uh that was uh a very fun game i'd have to say extremely fun uh taking shots when everybody uh whoever grabs the flag take a shot yeah uh there was a few times where I wish I had a flag, and then a few times where I thank God I did not have the flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> so uh, that uh, that just brightened my day after losing every single match. Uh, pretty much the whole uh, weekend, I, I didn't win a single match the whole weekend. So... Uh, that that brought and and going against everybody else it's uh I, i'd have to say that my uh hexarim did get five kills by running people over um that that brought me and, and bourbon helped me out with that as well so <laughs> killed my archangel <laughs> I, I think i killed something of bob's too uh so don't worry i was gonna say that game with you was wild, though. The Hexarim is not a joke. Don't <laughs> let anyone tell you otherwise. Uh, the 
Next one is Kevin uh, and his dad. Uh, me and Zena found him uh, out in the uh, players' hall while we're all getting ready to bum rush the uh, door uh, in the beginning of Gen Con. So, shout out to him. He uh, he uh, had a pretty good showing at his uh, his uh, artwork that he did in. Um, with the, I think he got gold with the diorama. I think he got two so. silvers and a gold. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best in uh class. Yeah. Yep. So, shout out to Kevin. Um, shout out to Kyle. I really liked playing against Kyle. Um, helped give him a few pointers, especially the uh, terrain in between bunkers. Always put terrain in between the two bunkers. <laughs> Always. Um, big shout out to Brute. Can't go wrong with Brute. He, uh, yeah, you can. He fucks up your scenarios. <laughs> yeah, but he gives you Bloody Marys. Come that's on. true. But yeah, who allowed him to fuck it up? Nah, that's true. So. He always Daddy. plays within the rules. Pina coladas were pretty good. So. Oh, those yeah. Pina oh, Mrs. Brute. Mrs. Brute oh, also yeah. deserves oh, a shout out. Mrs. Brute, definitely. <laughs> yes. So, it, Brute. so I'm going to cut it off there. I could continue on. So, Oh, I, I do want to piggyback off that because I also want to shout out Kevin because he autographed uh, a display for me. So it is now on my desk inspiring me every time i sit down to paint it's inspiring me so hard it's a, it's a, <laughs> so it's hard. a secret secret trophy isn't it no no the secret trophy that was my doing I, th- oh. that still has not been won for the record the, the secret achievement has not been unlocked <clears throat> that's something mm. new yeah, is that maybe, whoever oh, gets yeah. a is that maybe uh whoever gets a picture of you uh, no, oh. no, that, 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 that happened when we did the thank you, uh, for, yep. uh, he failed at that for Derek. Uh, yeah, well, there wasn't anybody willing to stand in front of me. Like everybody caught onto my gimmick <laughs> and nobody stood in front of me. Um, but anyway, Bunch I'm, I'm going to back out and unbutt myself out of the shout outs here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to thank uh, a bunch of people who brought some really cool stuff. Uh, Mario Topa. Gold Bishop from afar, Ishii, Metal Ed. Uh, thanks for all the cool keepsakes. Um, they put a lot of time and effort into those things. And those are neat things that sometimes we trade, win, uh, gift each other. That's really cool. Uh, thanks for all that camaraderie. <clears throat> and also thanks to the players for being really resilient uh, when it comes to playing because either win or lose this is how you play the game. That's the fun part. So uh, (laughs) thanks in the community. And we appreciate uh, everybody that we can share the experience with. It would not be as fun as it would be without you. So. Yeah. And I want to piggyback with Matt to, especially to metal ed. Um, What you said to Matt and I, that goes doubly for you too, buddy. Um, That was awesome. Uh, I, Thank you as much as you thank us. We we want to thank you too. So big shout out to Metalhead. 
And any comments, questions, concerns, you can reach us at WNRP at com, or the YouTube, Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Queensboro. And have a great evening, a pleasant tomorrow. Subscribe that YouTube. <laughs> oh. <laughs>